0: telling me earlier on that got you and John writing was um, Buddy Holly that'll be the day. Is that true? Yeah, yeah you know um, most of the stars then were kind of um, good looking guys. Everly Brothers. Uh, yeah um, well the Everly's yeah they did play so we loved them. And, you, you'll, and then you had the horn rimmed. <clears throat> which is Buddy. buddy. Now, that was great for John, because John wore horn-rimmed. But any, any, you know, yeah. he wore that. But any time there was any girls around, he'd, he'd whip them off. And then he couldn't see a bloody thing. You know, He'd be like, it's blowing about," So he'd have to say... And then when Buddy came out, oh, yeah, put these on so he, he could get his horn-rimmed on. the use of uh, the horn-rimmed. Oh, wow. One day, we was um, we were writing together, John and I. It was on Christmas, and... Um, He used to come down to me, we'd write in the evening, and then he'd walk back up to his house, which is like a mile away or something. And he's walking back one night, and I say, you know, if there was any possibility of girls around, he wouldn't wear the horn rims. Um, He's walking back, and I saw him the next day, he said, you know, he said, man, he said, those people on that corner of Booker Avenue, he said, they're mad. He said, what time was it when I left you last night? I said, I don't know, about 11.30 or something. He said, yeah. He said, well, I went past their house, and they were out. Still playing cards in front of their house. I said, I can't believe it. So I go by there later and it's a nativity scene. <laughs> Even thought they were sitting outside there? <laughs> oh, playing cards. <laughs> it's, you know, Mary and Joseph bent over the baby <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and they're Get your glasses on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the definition of blind as a bat. Could uh, not see it. That is funny. But yeah, and we love Buddy. And I think the other reason we love Buddy. Was that he wrote. He yeah. wrote his stuff. Elvis didn't write his stuff. Loved Elvis, but he didn't write his stuff. That's right. So Buddy wrote and played and played the solos. Yeah. So he was a self contained guy, which is what we were trying well, to extend And his strat, yeah. Yeah. Which is what we were trying to emulate. And we were trying to, uh, I mean, the first thing we could not work out was the beginning of that'll be the day. And then I think George came on got it. I was like, what? So how did you do that? Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye That'll be the day when you make me cry. You say you're going to leave. You know it's a lie, but that'll be the day When oh. I die. Well, that was a uh... Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Wow, where did that riff <laughs> Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul, all of the time. Join me, your host Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at PaulMcCartneyPod at gmail.com. Hello, hello, hello. Goodbye, 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 and welcome to another episode of Paul. Or nothing. Remember, this is widescreen podcasting and the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles, and I hope you're all well, safe, and sound. Today, folks, we're going to be carrying on with a seemingly endless run of rock and roll covers albums. We did John Lennon's first, we've done Paul's second, and now, in the natural order of things, New. No, we're not going to do a George Harrison covers album, it's instead Denny Lane's turn to take up the mantle. Yes, everyone, we're going to be taking a peek at Denny's second solo studio album, entitled Holly Days, released in 1976. Now, I know many of you are thinking, Sam, I know you occasionally chat about the Beatles on this podcast, but really? Come on, a Denny Lane album? I know, I know, I hear you. And, In response to that, I just want you to not panic. As A, we're probably definitely going to end up covering Japanese tears at some point. But also just in the sense that this is easily much more of a Wings album and much more part of the Wings canon than it is in the Denny Lane one. And it always will be. Why? You're just going to have to uh, listen to the episode, aren't you? Fortunately, I'm not going to be alone. I'll be joined shortly by my good friend of the show, friend of the show Andy a.k.a. Andrew Brooks, who you will no doubtably remember from a couple of episodes him by now, including our four-hour Ruttles epic. Go and check that out now if you haven't already, as well as Andy's YouTube channel, links down below. Of course, Andy is another of my close circle of friends who I would never have met had I not done this stupid little podcast, and I will gladly engineer any excuse to have him back on, especially when he messages me that he's got an upcoming holiday and he's up for discussing anything anything gay. Sadly for him, this meant having to tackle Holly Days. Either way, it was a total pleasure to have him back on. We had a great couple of hours being Macca nerds, so I think you're going to enjoy it. But before we can do any of that, it is time for us to crack on with the housekeeping. So what do we have in terms of news today? Well, of course, folks, the main news of the week has been surrounding the new McCartney Covers album, Up until very recently, nothing had yet been announced, and I thought I was only going to be able to talk about Dice in this segment. But, as always, just before I was set to record this, there was indeed an official statement released on McCartney's website. If you haven't heard already, folks, this new album is titled Three-imagined or Three-imagined, depending on your preference. At this point, I'm not sure if it's meant to be a pun on the word imagined or reimagined. We'll have to see. And it's going to be released on the 23rd of July, 2021. I'll just go through some of the relevant bits of the press release now. It reads, Hailed upon its release last year as vital and comfortable taking on new chances, and cheery, resilient, forever looking forward, Paul McCartney's McCartney 3 is now literally moving into the future in the form of McCartney 3, Imagined. To be released digitally on April 16th on Capitol Records, and available for pre-order now. Personally curated by Paul, McCartney 3 Imagined features an A-list assortment of friends, fans, and brand new acquaintances, each covering and/or reimagining their favourite McCartney 3 moments in their own signature styles. The result is a kaleidoscopic reinterpretation of an album Rolling Stone accurately tagged an inspiration to us all one that serves as an extension of their instantly beloved McCartney 3, while standing on its own as a brilliant and adventurous milestone in the McCartney discography. McCartney 3 Imagined physical formats are also available for pre-order, with their release following this summer, including exclusive colour vinyl editions available at Target, Barnes & Noble, Indie Record Stores, Newbery Comics and paulmccartney.com. Physical configurations will feature the exclusive bonus track Long Tailed Winter Bird Idris Elba Remix. Wow. So it is official folks we got another Paul McCartney album on the way. I cannot believe it. Oh, we are so lucky folks. I didn't think we'd be getting any new stuff this year in terms of solo McCartney material, but hey, Paul always surprises us, doesn't he? Honestly folks, I'm quite excited by this one. I really am. The lineup as the press statement says, is pretty star-studded and A-list all over, really. And it would be fantastic if something good was to actually come out of the Paul McCartney, Idris Elba interview in the form of the 12th Physical Media Exclusive track on this album. uh, Speaking of the tracks, uh, the official track listing has also been released. And rather interestingly, it's not the same as the original album, either physical or the digital version. The order this time around goes: number one, "Find My Way" by Beck. Then "Kiss of Venus" by Dominic Fike. "Pretty Boys" by Kurangbin, "Women and Wives" the St. Vincent remix. "Deep Down" Blood Orange remix. "Seize the Day" featuring Phoebe Bridges. "Slide In" EOB remix. "Long Tailed Winter Bird" Damon Albarn remix. "Lavatory Lil" Josh Homme. "When Winter Comes." Anderson pack remix deep deep feeling 3d RDN remix and then for the physical exclusive we've got long-tailed winter bird Idris Elba remix. One thing that immediately strikes me there folks about a lot of these titles is a lot of them have the word remix in rather than just you know them being a cover like the Josh home one for lavatory Lil just says Josh home and you know anyone who knows his music knows that he would not be able to resist doing a straight up cover of that track though the amount of remixes on this album does lead me to believe that there's going to be a lot of you know sampling and recycling of the audio we heard on McCartney 3 which on paper doesn't sound like something I'm all that excited about but you know Paul is the fireman as well folks he you know he's a part of Twin Freaks and maybe he, he doesn't want a general covers album maybe he wants to do something a bit more experimental. Maybe this is exactly what he wanted to release in the first place. Uh, So it might be in our best interests as listeners to go into this album with as few expectations as possible, though one track has been released now. And yeah, to launch the album, unlike the actual McCartney 3, there does seem to be an actual single. I'm not sure if there's a physical release yet. Uh, Is it an artist that I, I know or am aware of? Of course not. Instead, we have Dominic Fike's version of The Kiss of Venus. I'm sure many of you have heard it already. There's going to be a link in the description down below. I suggest you go listen to it now. I feel a bit iffy about playing it for you, but I'll just quickly read from the press statement. The first offering from McCartney 3 Imagined comes from the American singer, rapper, songwriter Dominic Fike whose cover of Kiss of Venus transmutes the tender acoustic ballad into a retro-futuristic R&B tour de force. Again, sounds like someone has contacted Derek Taylor from Beyond the Grave there to write that one. Again, you can listen to the song on YouTube and Spotify. Make sure you go and judge it for yourselves. But don't be surprised if it's something a very, like, very unexpected. It's certainly not what I expected. It's uh, clearly been chosen to appeal to a younger, less grey, more hip, entirely non-McCartney demographic. I think a lot of people are going to find this song very exciting. I know some aren't. And you're going to have to wait till April to hear my thoughts on the music. In terms of the music video, though, it is very well done indeed. It's got very high production, great cinematography, and I do advise you all to watch it till the end, as there is a certain cameo that you will no doubt want to see. Oh, and lastly... To bring it all back around, of course, like last time, certain lucky individuals were, again, sent a set of promotional dice for this album. McCartney's official Instagram page posted a short stop motion video clip showing said promotional dice kind of assembling and disassembling in their formation in a way that was very reminiscent to the original McCartney 3 animations with the dice and the coloured sets for that. I was kind of worried at first that these dice were purely sent to influencers and people of great import because I wasn't sent any. But I think once you put all the dots together and just simply remember back to last time, you'll remember that it was probably people who have already forked out quite a bit of money through McCartney's own website for for the last few, if not all, of the recent overpriced releases. So, you know, obviously whoever got them probably deserved them. And now that the news is out of the way, let's get through the plugs. To get in contact with the show, folks, email us at paulmacartneypod at gmail.com. Let me know your Paul McCartney stories, your Paul McCartney trivia, your Paul McCartney facts and factoids. I want to read them all out here on the show. Let me know what you are most looking forward to with this three-imagined or three-imagined, though, album, folks. Let's keep on the pulse here. Which artist, which song are you most excited to hear? Do you reckon we're in store for another 16 separate versions of this album, the moment this episode debuts? And most importantly, have you pre-ordered it? Will you be ordering it? Are are you going to get the CD? Are you going to be streaming it? Let me know. We've got one email to read out today, and it's from one of our regular corresponders of Late, and the pronunciation of his name is somewhat of a mystery on this show, so I'll just skip the titles. He says, Hello Sam, I just want to preface this email by asking you to just call me Mr. B from now on. Also, I'm about halfway through your new podcast about the James Paul McCartney TV special. I'm having quite a lot of fun with that. Also, I just became a Patreon patron. I would like to shout out my mother for letting me use her card because mine would not let me for some reason. But anyway, I'm writing with something fun again. I have just bought my very first bootleg. It's Return to Pepperland. I am so pleased with this album. I just wish there was some way that I'd be able to listen to it in a mass media type of way. And you were also right about last time when I wrote in. My top five McCartney albums have already all changed drastically. Anyway, this time I'm going to give my top ten favourite Paul McCartney songs. Here they are. He starts with Calico Skies, With a Little Luck, The Back Seat of My Car, Let Me Roll It, My Brave Face, We Got Married... Put It There, The Lovely Linda, Pipes of Peace, and No More Lonely Nights. Well, there they are, and I'm looking forward to what you think about them. Have a good day, my friend, Mr B. Well, thank you there, Mr B, for that email there, and I'll be sure to use your name of choice in the future. Gotta say, cannot believe that your first bootleg was Return to Pepperland. I mean, I thought I was lucky with a fan sending me hot hits and cold cuts through the post. But you've certainly given it a run for its money. You'll certainly have to treasure that there, my friend. Guard it well. Also, that's a mighty fine top ten list you have there. Nice to see a widespread of Macca's whole career. But again, don't be surprised if that top ten changes in a few days, just like your top five albums. Also, thank you for spoiling the surprise. I was going to mention you down in the Patreon segment in a moment, but yeah, dude, of course. Thank you so fucking much for choosing to support the show. Very generously, might I add... Uh, Mr. B for choosing to to support the show with a $20 a month donation, which is fucking crazy. I really hope the show is worth that much for you. And make sure to thank your mum for using her card on my behalf, won't you? If you'd like to be like Mr. B, please drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Follow us on our Twitter page, which is at McCartneyPod for all daily updates. Check out the blog for bonus Paul or nothing content at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Simply by typing in Paul McCartney Podcast or Paul or Nothing. If you want to help out the show right away in a way that takes less than 30 seconds, please leave us a review on whatever platform you are using. If you have the kind heart to give us a five-star one, it would be most appreciated. If you're on YouTube, give us the old thumbs up. And if you want to help support the show directly, if you want to help see the show grow, expand, you know, if you want to help keep the lights running, pay for equipment, Uh, hosting costs, that kind of thing, then please consider joining our Patreon page. Patreon is the way that you, the public, can support independent content creators such as myself by throwing a few dollars at my face down the internet every month. Of course, the show isn't free, folks. It's not free to make. It takes a great deal of my time, and I do not put ads on Paul or nothing. So if you want to help see the show grow, like I say, Patreon is the way to do it. Of course, we do have our new donor, Mr. B, who I mentioned earlier, but we also have another new patron, folks, who is kindly sending me their love every month. So a huge shout-out for Richard Binnington, our latest patron. Thank you to everyone who already supports the show, but it's always great to see the family grow. I'm glad there's more of you out there who think this show is worth at least a dollar a month. So thank you for that. And double thanks to Teresa Brader, Stephanie Miller, Louis Delonardo, Stuart Cook, Cheryl McCoy, Katrina S, Sam Hode, Anastasia P, Robert Carabelli, Tony Vosol, Warren Butson, and Matt Phillips. Thank you all as always. And I just want to give, and I also want to give another quick shout out to an anonymous donor who got in touch with me just the other day. Essentially, uh, like many of you out there perhaps, Patreon wasn't for them, but they still wanted to support the show in some way, in a one-off donation. And... Rather simply, they just got in contact with the show. They dropped me an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. They let me know what's what. They wanted to make a one-off donation for the show. And within 60 seconds, there was a £20 donation straight into my PayPal, which is greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. You know who you are. As it basically paid for half of my copy of McCartney 3 Imagined or 3 Imagined. Again, I told you folks, it always goes back into the podcast. But yeah, enough of the plugs now. Thank you to everyone who has been supporting the show already. Let's have another great show. Let's cook to the live feed right now. One, two, three. And now everyone, it's time for me to bring on today's guest. You should all bloody well know him by now. Firstly, from his frankly unbelievable MPL-based stories that regularly leave me with my mouth a as well as his classic appearance on our Ruttles episode a couple of months ago. Folks, he really is one of the only people who has actually gone on record saying they want to come back on this podcast, so he must be a glutton for punishment. He's someone I talk with about the Beatles every day, regardless of podcasts. I'm so happy to have him on in official capacity. He's the host of the Andrew Brooks YouTube channel. His name is Andrew Brooks. But here, we call him friend of the show, Andy. Everyone give him a big Paul or nothing welcome. Andy, welcome back. How you doing, my friend?
2: Well, thank you very much, Sam. That was an epic, epic rattles. Episode, wasn't it? How um, long was
1: it? Four hours? Four hours in the end, yeah. And um, uh, we, we, we didn't even cover half of my notes, frankly, if I'm honest. Well, we, and we lasted longer than the band. Probably, yeah. And uh, at least we, we were both together film. by the end, yeah. <laughs> It's not quite as impressive as me and Andrew Dixon talking about a 50-minute documentary for about three hours. And uh, your friend John Heaton yeah. as well, we spoke about the yeah, James yeah. Paul McCartney TV special for about three and a half hours as well. So that's going to wow. be quite funny to
2: do. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how the, the, the talking about the
1: shows actually lasts longer than the shows themselves. So. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean... Um, Actually, the only one that's quite short was when me and my friend Tom uh, reviewed a Simpsons episode and it actually only took us about 30-ish minutes, which was quite nice, yeah,
2: actually. OK. Well, but, we're, we're, we're on course for this one because this album is, what, 30 minutes long?
1: I think it's like 29.50. It's like <laughs> less than half an hour, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't find it that offensive because it doesn't outstay its welcome. It's, that's right. <laughs> At the time of recording... This was only announced yesterday. The Paul McCartney lyric book that's coming out. Are you uh, are you interested in parting with your hard earned cash when that comes out later this year?
2: Parting with even more of my hard earned cash. <laughs> um, well, what's it going to be? About sixty six. Well, there, there's there's going to be a blue book seen. and a
1: red book and a green oh, book. Oh yes, and I've got and, to get uh, the
2: whole lot. And I can't wait to see the one with the transparent pages. No, how the hell are you going to read that
1: one? You, no, there should be like. In, like, each different edition, there's one extra song, (laughs) and you have to buy all four to get all of it. Or you could just go to the Japanese version. Oh, satire, folks. There's satire here (laughs) on Fall or Nothing today.
2: (laughs) And you have to get a translator for it.
1: Oh, Oh, you know what? I would like a Japanese edition of that book just to have on the wall. It'd be be a cool talking point, you know? (laughs) generally though I, I think i'm just gonna have to save up all of my patreon donations for this year because yeah i have to get that on day one walk, walk into waterstones you know but
2: also also think what else is going to
1: be out this year you've got so much The let it be stuff oh my word oh no, no 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 paul mccartney stuff and Beatles stuff is two separate funds you know
2: oh right okay <laughs> and then and then whatever inevitable mccartney three super deluxe with you know all the different colours in one set.
1: Consolidate all your McCartney and Beatles crap into one monthly payment. <laughs> there just, we go. Pay it, pay it However, I don't think
2: I don't think this album that we're going to talk about is is due any deluxe.
1: Well, <laughs> revisit. You know what? Uh, I actually have a question based on that. So maybe uh, okay. <laughs> although, um, just a, one last thing about this book. Do you remember when, like, uh, the Harrison Estate released a book of Harrison's chords a while back? All of the chords were scrubbed from online websites. Whenever yes. a, a new Paul album comes out, all of that, like, like YouTube is just scoured of all McCartney content. We see it happen time and time again. Do you reckon? Yeah. MPL and the publishers are going to be taking down, you know, the the swaths of free lyric websites that exist out there now.
2: Oh gosh, who knows? Um, I mean, there's so many of them, though. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> guitar tab how, you, how on earth are you going to play stuff? back in the day when you used to have to have books that was not never a problem but they take it down off the internet now and how are you going to play your guitar
1: <laughs> there are kids these days who won't know about LimeWire, one two three movies uh the pirate ah. bay oh it, it was it was a golden age about 10 years ago for stealing shit it it, it well, really was and I dug out
2: some, I was going through some CDs and there was a case of CDs and I pulled them out and they were video CDs. <laughs> <laughs> so God knows what the bit rate on it was. I can imagine that the quality must have been awful, but I've even got things like A Hard Day's Night on it and the George Harrison, Cole Perkins TV special on a video CD.
1: God, try and explain that to the TikTok generation They just there you go left a gog.
2: No more snapping of fingers,
1: but there we are. (laughs) I'm detecting by the tone of your voice today, Andy, that you're kind of regretting the fact that you totally left it up to me to choose today's topic. Mm, Not at all, actually. Not (laughs) at all. Not at all. (laughs) Uh, If you want to blame someone else, blame one of my Patreon patrons, Tony Vosile, a.k.a. the man who kindly sent me a load of McCartney vinyl and McCartney t-shirts, and one of them was a copy of Holidays, which I am wearing thin right now. Oh, really? Oh my god, I'm playing it so often, but uh, folks, if you don't know already, I will have probably briefed you anyway before this point. But me and Andrew are indeed going to be talking about the 1976 Denny Lane "quote unquote" solo "quote unquote" Buddy Holly covers album entitled "Holly Days." The album was recorded at Rude Studios in Campbelltown, Scotland in '76 at McCartney's kind of conversion. Andy, for whatever you're yeah. about to say about this album, you can't deny that the title's a pretty awesome pun. Holidays. Holidays? Come on! <laughs> Come on, well, that's I so suppose, I was thinking about it, it was recorded
2: in August, so that's our summer holidays mm-hmm. in, the, in the UK. So, And I, I don't know if you're, you, you must have an American copy, I'm guessing, if it was sent from your friend uh, in the States.
1: You know what, I hadn't even considered that. It must be Yekker's, yeah, um, yeah. his copy of Tug of War and The Good Night Tonight are very different okay. uh, vi- visually as well. So it's it's on EMI, my copy, that I'm looking at here. I'm not
2: sure what the American – it might come out on EMI in
1: America. Go grab it now. Fill some dead air, Andy. Go.
2: Okay. And my copy has a little sticker talking about the holidays pun. It has a little sticker in the top corner, and it says, win a holiday for two. Yeah, the capital logo's on it. Ah, right. So your capital in in the UK is EMI. There we are. Yeah. So, yeah, so you could win a holiday for two by buying this album.
1: (laughs) No, was it w- was it to go to Campbelltown by any chance? No,
2: right. Okay. Well, inside the album and I have a copy of it here is a sheet of A4 paper and it says Denny Lane Holidays Competition, EMI Records and MPL are jointly running a competition to find the best holiday anecdotes which has for you a special memory. And the first prize, get this, first prize, 1976, a holiday for two. In any part of Europe, to an advertised price of four hundred pounds four hundred pounds la 100 pounds spending money Wow and the holiday of your choice must be booked by EMI and taken up by the first of february 78 so I'm guessing EMI are just going to run it through their their books as a you know a, 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 a freebie. <laughs> a freebie <jaunt. laughs> oh my god i mean if you was if you was one of the 50 runner-ups though you got to choose one of the five wings albums and they are mccartney red rose speedway (laughs) ram band on the run wings at the
1: speed of sound so what would you choose sam oh well i'd like to choose wildlife but it doesn't seem to be available (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's, no, it's not listed. <laughs> it's been wiped from history like a like an opponent of Stalin's. You know, it's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so strange. But it, it, I, you can't have too many copies of Band on the Run. You know. Um, mm, mm. Are you about? Are, are you about to tell me you were one of these fifty runners up? No,
2: unfortunately oh. not. I, I did not possess this album in 1978. I was I was twelve. So I did start buying stuff in '76, but it was like mainstream. You know, oh, I bought myself a blue album and a Sgt. <laughs> Peppers and stuff. You know, so.
1: Yeah, you, uh, you, you know, there's that classic anecdote where McCartney's like, "Well, I saw one guy in California carrying around a copy of Wildlife, so it must have been popular." There's never going to be a Denny Lane story going, you know, right? I was I was walking through Toxteth one day and I saw someone carrying holiday, so it must have been a good album, you know. Duke. Yeah. And it's like that ain't gonna happen.
2: No. So yeah, so you could you could win. But I, I was researching on the internet to see if there's actually any record of who won this holiday, and I can't find anyone.
1: So I mean uh-huh. are you gonna let the same company that sent Paul to Lagos to an unbuilt studio during a civil war and a cholera <laughs> outbreak, you know? <laughs> maybe maybe Paul would it was like I was on holiday in Lagos and I got accosted by some gentlemen for my tapes and Linda shouted, Don't hurt him, he's a musician, you know. <laughs>
2: Well, it does say Europe, so I think they might have been playing safe on this one. So. I
1: mean, nothing, nothing dodgy was going on in Europe in the seventies, you know. <laughs> uh, oh so anyway, yeah. So uh, we we sidetracked there, but yeah. So holidays,
2: the pun is, and then obviously you could win a holiday as well. So, I uh,
1: love it. I love it. I mean, could could you could you win some red roses for Red Rose Speedway? You know, oh, maybe some wildlife. A safari trip for wildlife to an African park one day, like a safari trip with the band. That'd be a cool prize.
2: Yeah. Or all of a sudden you get hammering on the door, you open it and there's like a band on the run being
1: chased. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, sorry, can we, can we, you have to house Paul McCartney (laughs) and Wings while they're on tour. It's like, that's not a (laughs) prize. That's a great expense. Yeah, he's going to have to eat meat, though. You know what? Uh, before we get onto the album itself, though, yeah, go. On. What's your take on Denny Lane, unsung hero or the only person who could put up with McCartney's bullshit through the seventies?
2: Well, as I, as I said to you before, I, I met met Denny many times during the eighties, and he was a really nice guy. He was totally out of it most of the time, <laughs> drunk, but yeah, he was a really nice guy and. I I'm guessing that him and Paul must have got on and he probably put up with a lot of Paul shit.
1: I love Denny and I want him to be more represented in like the narrative. But then like you find out things like, Eh, he didn't even write two lines for Mulligan and Tyre and it's like, mm. oh okay, and then most of the songs you think he wrote, Paul spent most of the time on, like, you know, no words, it's mostly a McCartney comp- composition, Spirits of Ancient Egypt, mostly a McCartney composition. Does get to yeah, sing the yeah. lead? on um, the, uh, what is it, uh, My Salamander, Getting Closer. He does get to sing that. And yeah, yeah. Like, if I was to say to you, what's your favourite Denny Lane moment in Wings, it's probably not even going to be on a song that he wrote on his own, is it? It's probably going to be on a McCartney composition.
2: Yeah, I mean, going back to Back to the Egg, I mean, you've got Again and Again and Again, which I really like. And obviously London Town, you've got you know, Deliver Your Children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. and, and and you know, and, and as as I said before, those they, songs hold special memories for me. When you know we're trying to encourage Denny to to perform them again, and we're having to sing the words to him to remind him.
1: <laughs> yes, folks, go and that would be from our uh, our general chit chat episode, I believe. If if you all go go back and check out my first chat with Andy, yeah, like I say, unbelievable stories about that. It basically comes down to folks. Uh, people had unbelievable access to celebrities like 30, 40 years ago. Um, oh,
2: you could see him walking down the street,
1: literally. Yeah. To think that, like, I mean, people say that about New York, like, you know, New Yorkers don't get shocked when, like, Nicole Kidman walks down the street or something. But, yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine that in London, you know. People would still be freaking out, you know.
2: Well, yeah, it freaked me out when I walked around the corner from. NPL, and I was just going through a small alleyway, and there's Mick and Keith walking towards me. <laughs> uh, seriously,
3: <laughs> how you doing,
2: Angie?
1: You, doing? you, you all right, mate? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Look how weird my fingers
1: are. Oh, Keith. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, holidays. Yeah, I, I, going back to your question, I, I, th- I think he did probably put up with a lot, of, a lot of Paul. You know, he, he, he realised it was a big band wings, and why would you mark it up? Yeah, you know.
1: It sounds awfully calculating to think that musicians might just stay in a band because it's the best gig they can get at that time. But that's no different than someone working an extra job to make ends meet. You know, you do what you have to to uh, get by in the world. And Jojo was not a cheap lady, so, you know. (laughs) And it also also makes
2: you wonder about Paul's current band. Yeah. Do do they really do stuff else other than with Paul? I I know there's there's a few bits and bobs and, you know, is it Rusty does does a few um, guitar stuff and has had a few uh, songs, but you know that, that's that's the band he's had for, for the longest amount of time ever. And are they in it because it's, it's a good good gig,
1: you know? Yeah, Wixie's probably been kept very very comfortable. Yeah, since eighty nine. I mean, that's a non disclosure agreement that's older than me. <laughs> yeah, never broken it either, as far as I know. I know. <laughs> Even though my dad had access to his cousin as well at one point, you know he couldn't he couldn't crack him. What about uh, what, what about Buddy Holly though? Are you a fan of his music or is it all just crickets for you? No, no, no I, I,
2: I I do like Buddy Holly stuff. I, I'm, my sort of music is fifties, sixties, going into seventies, eighties at a push. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as far as I'm concerned, music sort of finished in about nineteen eighty two. General music <laughs> sort of finished in about nineteen eighty two. But um, yeah, I, I do I do like Buddy Holly music. Don't play every day, but it's nice just to pop it on every
1: once in a while and have a listen. It's been fun, uh, kind of refamiliarizing myself with his uh, disc- discography in preparation for this episode. And yeah. I like them for the exact same reason the Beatles like them. They're catchy yeah. and they've got three chords, and <laughs> and they're not like bullshit chords, like half chords or sevenths or anything like that. It's A G C, and that's like all of his songs. It's like
2: yes, and you can you can play them yourself.
1: Yeah. And then you can do what John Lennon does and mix any combination of two of them and then you can add a 12-bar bass blues and it will sound amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, so you weren't a fan uh, when this album came out. Tell me, when did you find out about this kooky little side project?
2: Yeah, well, as I say, I mean, I was 12. I was totally unaware of the single or the singles, I should say, that were off of the album because they, they didn't chart... If they charted very high, really? I, I wasn't aware of them. I wasn't aware of them at all. I probably became aware of, of this when I started, when I realised I'd got all the McCartney albums. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, hang on a minute. I've, I read somewhere, you know, probably in an old Beatles monthly or something, holidays, okay. And then, or I might have just been at a record fair and just sort of seen it and thought, oh, Denny Lane, he was in Wings. <laughs> Let's get that and then realised it's a Wings album. <laughs>
1: Ah, so you've you've answered uh, my next question there. So oh, okay, Go you then. are you are treating this like, say, you know how every Wings fan treats the McGear album like an unofficial Wings album, a do
2: lost you... a lost Wings album.
1: Yeah,
2: Cause... yeah, I do think of it as a lost Wings album, but I do prefer McGear out of the two. Oh
1: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here sorry, and make. Um... Sorry, John, Heaton, he won't <laughs> agree, but I'm not going to make you, you know admit on a, a Paul McCartney podcast that McGear isn't isn't better I mean I haven't actually gotten around to to reviewing that album yet but that was also a part of the collection that Tony Versailles sent me so thank you again to the yeah. OG there two absolute classics in terms of like obscure obscure McCartney stuff because this is no less wings than the county hams or Susie and the Red Stripes is it
2: the country hams me.
1: Is it the country hams? I it was the county It's hams. the country
2: hams. No, it's the country hams. God
1: damn it. it it's one mistake an episode at, at, at the moment, <laughs> at like a bare minimum, because on Listen With Sam that just came out, I said Denny wrote um, Spirits of Ancient Egypt, and then literally, I don't get comments day one on my YouTube ever, but if you do something wrong, people will comment oh. instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. so funny. And I'm like... It was...
2: I, th- th- I had the same thing with my Back to the Egg video I did. And... <laughs> The first comment was he got arrested in January 1980 and I'm like yes I know and then when I checked my video what did I say January 1979
1: and I'm like oh don't. no Have you um have you ever taken the plunge and listened to R. Lane from 1972 which was actually plugged as a side wings co-release kind of thing
2: Um I was I was actually having a look to see what other Denny albums I have and I don't have R. Lane but like I do have obviously Japanese tears, which we—I think I, I spoke to you about the mm-hmm. other day. But um, yeah, R. Lane, I haven't got it. so it's on my list. Yeah, we'll be we'll be tracking that one down. I, you,
1: we don't need an album cover that f- solidifies forever the image of the 1972 Denny Lane mustache. Like it's a crime <laughs> against humanity. It really is.
2: Well, this inner sleeve, of this album.
1: It? <laughs> no, no, but it's <laughs> not. It's not Denny that's the culprit here, because f- <laughs> folks, um, you know, we get some Linda on this album, and not only is she doing vocals and keyboards, she does what she does best, which is add iconic classic photography to this album. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. she goes all out on this one. Like the inside sleeve, it's not. It's not a gatefold, you know. M- you know, MPL gonna, ain't going to spend that kind of money. But it's a nice little sleeve, and it's just basically Denny's own version of the McCartney one gatefold collage. Like, it really is a great collection of snaps. Yeah. But what's going on with Paul McCartney's facial hair and hair? <laughs> what is going on? Because you've got this, you, you, you've got the Wings Over America mullet, which is clearly growing, but then yes, he's got yeah. like a Sergeant Pepper mustache that's overgrown with like sideburns. Like,
2: yeah, wh- and. Have you what? seen that picture of him petting the horse in the green woolen hat? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on it's on one of the, the inner one of the sides oh, of the inner man. sleeve. It's, and it's
1: <laughs> like it's, it's it's the it's, it's only funny. thing on the album where Paul makes himself look less cool than Denny. It's the only well, time.
2: Maybe it was deliberate. Maybe he was just a bass player.
1: I'm just a bass player, you know
2: yeah <laughs> but i was it was interesting you said that reminded you of the mccartney gatefold it reminded me of the polaroid poster from band on the run yes yeah that's that that's what this in a sleeve
1: reminded me of I, the, I love that poster so much purely because you see one of the cardboard boxes they brought to lagos with them it's just full of baked beans and guinness <laughs> i love it yes. Oh, Denny, don't pour it that quickly. You have to let it set. Let it rise, you know.
2: <laughs> he's just necking it out of the can. And, and, and <laughs> Linda's taking a picture of Denny, and it's almost like a Christ-like figure. I don't know if you've had a look where at it. It's where he's, where he's looking up
1: to the light, yeah. He's looking up,
2: yeah. I mean, it's like, um, as if, I say, it's like a religious sort of
1: picture. If he had his eyes closed, it would be like the Japanese cover of McCartney 3, the rear. You know, You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what is important with this, um, with this release, though, in terms of the media visually, is that she proves that she doesn't need it to be Paul McCartney for her subject matter to be a great snap, because that's true. Like, you hear like, "Oh yeah, she did like you know, she was on Time magazine and stuff. I don't think I've ever seen a Linda McCartney photo that isn't of Paul McCartney. Like <laughs> They just don't seem to exist. One of the things that I'm going to talk about today is how, is how this album reminds me of Ram a lot. Oh, okay. Mentally, my image of, of that is helped by a lot a lot of the photography on this, so mm. uh, we will come back to that. What do you think of the okay. album cover itself with the weird kind of... It's, it's like linen shirts and ties. Is that what it is? It looks like it. I suppose Holidays is sort of like, you know... Oh, they're packing for their holiday. No, sorry. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Uh, uh, See, I thought it was like a metaphor for like all the songs being second-hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like hand-me-downs, you know, but... Well, or folks, are
2: they sort of like in a 50s style, a la Buddy Holly?
1: Uh, I can just hear Ken Michaels going, Sam, you're thinking about it too much again. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> ask him next time. <laughs> yeah. You, uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> Though, um, one of the amazing things about this album is that It's also a Paul McCartney production, and Mm. I'd say, regardless of, again, the music, it's still a testament for Paul's ability to work at any production level with any equipment. Like, we've seen him go balls to the walls with Red Rose Speedway and Venus and Mars, spending everyone's money. Then we've seen him (laughs) do a home album, where, like, you know, every single reviewer in 2020 was saying, oh, Paul invented indie music, blah, 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 (laughs) on the McCartney album. And then we've seen... Him do it in an unfit studio in lagos and now we've got a shack in the hill somewhere like is there anywhere where paul can't record pretty good music
2: i was thinking about this the other day when i was re-listening to the album for about the fifth time and it's probably more times than i've ever actually played it before in my life so um <laughs> i was yeah i was listening to it again and i was thinking to myself this was recorded at the same place as mccartney was
4: mm-hmm.
2: and the sound is totally different Obviously, McCartney's, you know, he's produced it differently, totally differently. But this is very raw, whereas obviously McCartney was raw, but he's added extras to it. Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder, was the original McCartney a similar sort of thing to this?
1: Well, there's also orchestra that appears on one of these songs. And I'm yes. like, he does not ship, you know, the Campbelltown <laughs> pipe band up to play violin. Like, that's not happening. So- no.
2: And it's, and it's pre-synth, like proper
1: synths that we have these days. Ah, well, that answers one of my sub questions on that song. Then we'll have to ask that later. Because <laughs> I mean, is it is it like you know they had a bit of tape lying around, or did he just like ring down to London? Oh, Neil, could you just get someone to do Moonbeams <laughs> with weird orchestra <laughs> really quickly? Ship and yeah, then yeah. ship it, ship it up to us. We'll do it at whatever tempo you do, kind of, yeah, kind of thing. But
2: um. Yeah, it's odd how you are listening to this very raw, and then all of a sudden there are some strings appear in it. But, um, I mean, it's, I suppose it echoes Buddy's, you know, after he died, and then they reissued, or well, they issued one of his records, and they added, they added the strings to that particular record Ew. after he died. Ooh. I can't remember which, which one it was now, but, um, you know, and it, I wonder if that's a little echo of this, that they'd finished it, and then they said, right, we need something extra on this.
1: That's interesting. Mm. The production on a lot of these songs, to me, despite the fact that Ram is one of the most polished things in Paul's whole catalogue, there's just a sense of the idea that they are just recording this in a little shed in the middle of the country, the heart of the country, if you will, bashing out a few songs is quite enthralling. But even despite this rudimentary setup, Paul and Denny use more instruments, more instrumentation, and more varied production techniques than Buddy Holly and the Crickets probably did in their entire careers. You know, like Paul is not going to be bored and just basically do them as we expect, and he's going to keep us on our toes for quite a lot this album. But we should talk though about the motivations behind this, because obviously one of the main reasons why this album even exists in the first place is because Paul acquired the publishing rights to the Buddy Holly songbook, yeah, mostly because he regretted losing the Lennon McCartney song rights to ATV around this time. Do you reckon fans saw through this ruse or do you reckon they just genuinely thought, oh, Denny Lane's doing a bunch of Buddy Holly songs? How how quaint. Well, I was I was trying to find out. And I think Macca
2: got the rights to Buddy Holly stuff like early 70s, 71, 72 sort of time when he started up his publishing. And oh, I'm cause, guessing...
1: Because you'd think he'd be like, oh, he acquired them late 75, let's do it now yeah. kind of thing.
2: Well, that... that and that's what that's what I was thinking because I was of the impression that it, he had just acquired them and he thought, right, well, let's make some money out of these. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: <exactly. laughs> but yeah, looking into it, I think it was probably he got it early seventies, and then wonder I wonder who suggested it. Was it Denny going, oh, I just fancy some doing some some stuff, or was it Paul remembering the early days of of the Quarrymen and you know learn and you know, one of the first ever recordings, Beatles recordings, is that will be the day, which is a Buddy Holly song doesn't appear on this album but um, oh no, no
1: anything to do with the beatles is not on this we don't get words of love we don't no. get uh, peggy sue which lennon did the year before on rock and roll yeah. and it's like oh come on paul don't make us wait till the, the uh, mtv unplugged session before b- before we hear some more of this stuff you know
2: yeah yeah well and that was another thing i was trying to find
1: out was there any
2: more from this session
1: It'd be fucking and weird if there was a Paul McCartney session that didn't have dregs left on the floor for us to talk about 50 it. years later. I couldn't find any. I mean, I could imagine Denny Lane getting his guitar going, well, and then Paul just bursts into tears.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And then, like, he throws a chicken at him or something. But um I mean could you imagine if this had been recorded as like a Wings project instead like officially cuz I feel like yeah. I feel like this is Paul being a bit manipulative like he's he's throwing his bandmate a bone by fueling the fantasy that he has a solo career outside of Wings and that he's got financial independence of course we're only about a year away from the dreaded loan to Denny mm. Lane that kind of sunk him uh, yeah obviously you've got Lennon doing a rock and roll covers album so Paul can't be seen to be doing a rock and roll covers album but Denny can be seen to be doing it that's it yeah yeah Paul Paul can test out his new drum machine so this is one half hour version of the, of the London, of the lovely linda meets check my machine yeah yeah obviously Paul's a workaholic he can't relax and was this during the time between Wings over the World and Wings over America yeah i I'd, I'd actually made a note of that uh, let me check my notes um because obviously, obviously we've got no jimmy or joe on this but they are in the band at this point
2: yeah the i mean the tour had finished um in june 76 you know the world tour had finished mm-hmm. and this was recorded in august so it's only two year, uh, two months you know away and it makes you then wonder well were the other band members not not invited up to scotland
1: Jimmy's like, I'm not staying in that fucking barn again. It's freezing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, maybe and as going back to your original question, maybe Denny was like, well, I better go up there. You know, stay on the good side.
1: Nah, no, nah, he, he probably just left a bag of coke there, and then he was uh, like, well, I went up to get my coke, and I ended up making an album instead. That's just what happens when you when you know yeah. Paul.
2: You know, it could be that Mac has gone oh, can someone give us a hand with this shed roof? You know, (laughs) the wind's blowing it off. I need someone to come and give me a hand. Oh, Danny goes, all right, I'll come and give you a hand, and then while they're up there.
1: (laughs) I'm fixing a hole, but we'll do an album in in between, you know. (laughs) Also, in the kind of vein of, you know, when Paul said that Linda was his quote-unquote co-writer on RAM, to get get money out of Lou Grade's filthy hands. Obviously, whoever owns the publishing rights to the Buddy Holly songbook... Will also get a significant <laughs> portion of the money made by this album. Of so, course. So it's feeding Peter to steal from Paul to go back to Peter again. It's 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 such a strange money loop, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, not only will he will will he get the publishing rights? Obviously, as a producer, he'll get royalties from the sale. <laughs> and if, I suppose if he's a backing singer, he Is might. he going to make more a- off
1: this album than Denny. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it's not like on the last album he lets some whippersnapper who's been in the band for two minutes put one of his own songs on the album or anything and then doesn't let Denny do that.
4: No. Oh, God.
1: And I'll I tell you something. It's
2: interesting. When you think about modern cover cover albums, mm. and McCartney has, has obviously done his um, Kisses on the Bottom thing, but didn't he slip in, like, a, a modern song of his that's done in that style? Somewhere. I know they've from uh, memory.
1: I, I know Baby's um, Request is at the end.
2: Yeah. So I'm surprised that they haven't slipped in one of their own songs in a but, you know, Buddy Holly style. Yeah. And then that's a little bit more of a of a cut.
1: Oh just oh, just just to hear them do a you know, the Rude Studios version of Love Is Strange would make me very happy. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, so, we mentioned uh, reissues earlier, and shockingly, this album was not a part of the Wings at the Speed of Sound archive collection reissue. Oh, maybe it's going to get one of its own then. Ooh, fuck off, is it? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get a Broad Street reissue before, before before we get one of these with the archive. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I love Broad Street. However, according to Discogs, literally one of the best music websites ever, folks, go and check it out. If you haven't, you'll get lost. And this is also backed up on the album artwork used in the YouTube video for this whole album. Can you guess what single country this album was reissued in and in what year? I reckon it was France. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It was France. Any guess of the year? And
2: I'm going to go, I'm going to go late 90s. So I'll say like 99.
1: The year 2000. (laughs) Man. Under the Magic Records label, in association with MPL, there are a label that basically specialises in revamping old hat albums that no one gives a crap about. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't just sold in France, but that's where it was officially reissued yeah. and printed yeah, yeah. and then shipped worldwide. So, if you've got a, a modern CD of it, it comes from the you know the land of romance, which is you know probably the most romantic <laughs> thing about the album. Um, I mean, is it quite telling that? The album that Paul features on as a producer for Denny Lane is the one without any solo Denny Lane compositions on it. It's like, what, they couldn't even fit on? Oh, no. Um, what's, the, what's the one that was cut from Retro Speedway? Oh, gold, No idea. Oh, poo. It's on Japanese Tears. Hang on. Wait for Love. Um... Send Me the Heart.
2: Oh, could, Send Me the Heart. Yes, they, yes.
1: They could have fit Send Me the Heart on there, or I Would Only Smile, but nope. Paul is not going to allow any no, Denny no. Lane songwriting credits go out, you know, without <laughs> without his permission. Yeah. One last thing before we start. Obviously, the one thing you always read in the reviews for this album, and I've got a couple of reviews just before we get into it ourselves that I found online. A lot of people hate the drumming machine sound in this album. Do you sympathise with that particular grievance?
2: Yeah, it gives me a headache. It's it's, a, it's it's not even a yeah. it's not even a decent drum. It's a very tinny drum machine. It sounds like it's not even been like plugged into the mixing desk. He's he's held a a, a microphone near it or something. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's, I found it very annoying.
1: I find it it's a it's it's a unique sound which I think intrigues mm. me more than gives me pleasure. But uh, I
2: mean, would, would it have been called a rhythm box back then? Because possibly on mm. on. Oh, I think it's a 70, 76, 75 tour, when he sits down and they're going to do Blackbird and he says, Stevie Wonder sent me this little device and it's and it's a <laughs> like a, you know, a rhythm rhythm box and it just sets a little drum beat and it's very similar sort of sounding drum to that. So I wonder if it's that that he's actually using.
1: Maybe Stevie sent John Lennon the vocoder used on rock and roll as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe. But when you look at the pictures of on the inner sleeve, you can see inside the studio where they're recording it, there's a guitar and there's a drum kit. And you think,
1: well, why doesn't just someone get on a drum kit? Paul is the best drummer in the Beatles, according to a Lennon quote that never existed. So
2: That wasn't his, it
1: was Jasper Carrot It was Jasper it? Garrett, yeah. A comedian, again, from Birmingham, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you uh, go. Fucking Birmingham, come on. <laughs> we, we invented <laughs> heavy metal as well. Come on. Mm. Let's just hear a couple of choice quotes I found from the ever-wonderful rateyourmusic.com. Oh, great. User Doherty Clash says, Frankly, not essential, except for a wings fan, but it's a nice, good little album and a piece de collection for sure. Mm. User Le Jink says, Anyway, as a record, is it good? Not really. The song selections are okay, but they're all played at such a laid back fashion that the tunes come across as less vital and so are hardly a credit to Holly's memory. Methinks there's possibly more than a whiff of weed in the atmosphere just to set the mood. User Yeah mm. Blues, who I think I've read out on the podcast some time before, says, In all actuality, though, Denny Lane's Holidays is a charming, fluffy record that is more fun than it has any right to be. Mm. And finally, user Big Pimp closes with, <laughs> For me, the overriding question remains, is this an attempt to give Denny Lane some spotlight, or a grim reaffirmation of his secondary status in the band. McCartney Lane Politics aside, it's an enormously fun little record. I think it's time we uh started off, Andy, with Heartbeat. <laughs>
3: Why do you miss when my baby kisses me? Heartbeat, why does a love kiss stay in my memory?
1: As with all 50s rock hits, it was originally credited to a bunch of outsourced writers, those being Bob Montgomery and Norman Petty, Buddy Holly's manager, with Holly recording it in August of 58. Be prepared to hear the date 1958 a lot in this episode, folks. It was released on November 5th, 1958, and it was the second to last of Holly's singles before he passed away, sadly. Uh, It was a minor hit in the United States, reaching number 82 on the Billboard 100 chart. Andrew, would you be surprised to know that for years, I only knew this as the theme to a random little sitcom here in the UK, also called Heartbeat? <laughs> oh, it's just the theme to a TV show? I didn't know it was a Buddy Holly classic.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, you see. Wings have done another TV show theme yeah. Crossroads, Zoo Gang, Heartbeat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My God. I mean,. Did they do the theme for Bread Anywhere, like with Proud Mum, you know? Uh,
2: Maybe. No, I don't think so. Yeah, folks, between
1: 1992 and 2010, there was a light-hearted police drama sitcom thing called Heartbeat. And in the classic British tradition, along with Only Falls and Horses and Minder, the theme song was sung by one of the people involved in the production, a.k.a. Nick Berry, who was originally the star of the show and then basically got booted out several years later i think for them to choose nick berry to sing it was <laughs> probably it, it would have cost them even more than if they'd have just licensed the denny lane version so i think they're definitely be saying something about choosing not to use the denny lane version for that for well, that song. He, he
2: was he was a um, he was in eastenders as well wasn't he uh, nick berry right and I seem to remember him having a single on the back of EastEnders. So he was obviously a singer as well. Or <laughs> thought, thought he was a singer as well. And uh, they thought, oh, another Dennis Waterman, you know, sings a theme tune. You
1: to write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. No, we can't reference that show now. It's been cancelled, folks. Uh, doesn't exist anymore, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Oh, no. That being said, now that we've got the extremely British connection out of the way, what do you think of Denny Lane's rendition of Heartbeat?
2: Okay. Uh, I found all of his vocals really good mm-hmm. on all of them. I, I, was, I was really pleased with, with how he sounded on, on all of them. I don't think he actually does a bad vocal mm. when, he's, when he's singing on his own. It's when, I think, later on when he's joined with Maki, you can sort of tell the difference of, of the, you know, the singing styles. But the, the, the track itself, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got that annoying drum machine in it. And as you say, it's, it's got Denny... Singing, and, and you, you hear the synths come in for the first time of the, for the album, and, and then they stay for the whole album. And, uh, and yeah, it's. it's um, I was looking on online, and it's apparently Denny Lane and Paul, but I could really only hear Denny singing um, on this one.
1: Apparently, so. it is Paul. Yeah, I I read that on the back of the CD cover. Oh right, okay. So you know that re- that flurry of random distorted sounds at the start is that synth or is that the drum machine? That kind of weird little it's like a bubbly sound it's so unexpected yeah. it's like the opening thing to hear on a buddy holly's cover album i,
2: I don't th- i don't think it's a drum machine i reckon it's probably just you know someone's plugging in the synth and firing it up <laughs> oh that sounds good let's stick that on the beginning the start yeah. of the album.
1: oh it's always oh, like the it's like we use the uh we use backwards distortion on i feel fine you know the feedback <laughs> it's yeah. just the same
2: yeah but um yeah i, th- I think he does a he, he does a good good job on it on the heartbeat as I say, I think his voice is really good throughout the whole album. Mm, definitely. Really.
1: I love a good front-ended album, and this is the best track on the album by far. It doesn't get any much better than this, really, but, uh, you know, I can imagine Paul going, you know, get them hooked with the with the best one early on. Yeah. yeah. But if this was on Spotify, because it's not, this album is not available for streaming. <laughs> like, it has been forgotten uh, totally. I think I
2: found it on YouTube somewhere. but Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
1: Thank God I've got a physical copy, you know?
2: Yeah, likewise.
1: But just like, say, Linda's cover of Mr. Sandman, this has got a delightful sense of gooey, semi-self-aware naffness that I'm really drawn to. I'm just kind of powerless to this kind of tat. This t- like I, I know that objectively it's not very good. I'm not going to sit here, Andrew, and say, like, oh, no, no, this is, like, up there with Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin. It's not, but no, uh, this is a... V- I hate to use a very millennial word, but this is the vibe that I go for on, on an album. It's such a pleasant little world to exist in, even if for a, a fleeting moment before you kind of brought crashing back down to reality. But, so 29 minutes. Yeah, yeah like, I feel like I'm transported to that hot summer at Rude Studios where I'm riding bareback around on an Appaloosa yeah. or something well, like that.
2: 76 was that hot summer, and I do remember it. Um, that was the, the the year we had the big drought over here, and the summer holiday the school summer holidays were just endless sunshine you <laughs> know how you see all these people oh yeah do you remember summers endless sunshine and all that. it was that year in 76 it was that year no. you know crayons melting on the on, on the path and
1: did did stamp, anyone did anyone stamp. fry an egg come on yeah <laughs> i'm sure blue peter did or <laughs> tried to <laughs> and then and then the turtle ate it or something you know
2: yeah 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 <laughs> but i noticed this one as well as starting with a weird noise, it's like fades to doodles as if they're yeah. like doodling or doodling around on, on, the, on a synth or
1: something. This is again, the fact that Paul is the producer, like you're not going to get those bog standard recordings. And I mean, I've just done a Venus and Mars listen with Sam and you know, there's so many flourishes on that. album. like, like that weird bit of drum on Magneto and Titanium, I'm just a boom, a boom for no reason. Yeah. It's just there for one, for one verse. And then you've got the little kiss on listen to yeah. what the man said. It's just Paul yeah, going, yeah, yeah. Ooh, let, let me have an, another hit of that, but before, <laughs> but before I do, let's put this in the song, and it's there forever now. You can't take it, it out.
2: It's part history. But, but can you imagine if it wasn't there, it would do your brain in if you had heard it, and then when the reissue comes out and it's not there.
1: Oh no! Cause I read online the other day that one of the reissues of Seaside Woman takes out the line, slap it on me, Denny, before the solo. Mm. I'm like... If that's true, I'm going, to, I'm going to walk down to Capitol to, and, and give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to have to
2: dig out all my copies. I've got about five different copies I've <laughs> reissued throughout the year, so I'll have to dig them all out. It's like the other day I was um, playing press, and I remembered in the back of my mind there being two different mixes. The album came out, and then they withdrew the album and reissued it again, and press had a different mix on it. And I'm like, do you know what? I've never actually checked to see if mine... I knew the run-out grooves were different, and that's mm. how you check. I played it, and I'm like, wow. Wow, I've never heard this version. So it just goes to show I never actually played that copy of the album when I got it. But it was far more funkier, and it had lots more
1: guitars at the end. That's, so, um, that's interesting. I will definitely mm. have to uh, see if that's available online as well. That's, yeah, yeah. I always, I always get homework at the end of these episodes.
2: Well, it, it, it was two different... Is it Bev Bevans or or, or or someone like that did one and, and Mendelssohn, Julian Mendelssohn, did the other one or something? It was something like that. And Paul pulled the album after it'd been out for like a week and said, no, we're going to put this mix on it instead.
1: That better be on the reissue on the archive edition. Wow. Well, I do discuss
2: that in my latest video. But there we yes, are. Yes,
1: I, I, I did actually see that, but uh haven't had time as I've been basically spending the last right. eight hours just writing this yes. for this episode frantically. listening to, Listening to. Oh, no, no I, reckon, I reckon I've listened to Holidays today alone six, seven times at, at a minimum, like just on a loop. And like you can go and make breakfast and like, you know, you'll come back. And the album's actually played three times just while you've been making your toast. Like it really does yeah. fly by. Um, well, I
2: actually I actually played the record. As, I was parceling up some records to, to send off that I'd sold online. And I was listening to this and, yeah, I, I played it twice today. So
1: <laughs> Again, it doesn't outstay its welcome. We also get some great Paul bass on this one, like it's got a great yeah. fuzzy resonance to it. And I was like, "Ooh, there he, there he goes." And we even get a bit of yeah. clavs as well—the uh, the little wooden sticks. It reminded me a little bit of "Good Night Tonight," but that could also be the the uh, drum yeah, machine yeah. as well.
2: I wasn't sure if it was Paul playing his Bill Black stand-up bass, or whether it is. Oh, these... he
1: would have let us know. He would have let us know. If oh, it, if no, it was. I'm sure.
2: I'm sure. Yeah, there's not a picture of it anyway, so. Uh...
1: Have I ever told you have... that I've got Bill Black's upright base? <laughs> no, you haven't Paul. I'm sure.
2: Um would he have shipped it all the way up to Scotland from you know,
1: yeah, know wherever it was I mean, at the time. I mean, he he sent that statue to the top of a mountain, didn't he? You know. A... And have
2: you actually seen the size of the statue? You can actually see it in the window of MPL. It's about, I don't know, six inches high, seven inches high. Okay. So it's it's, it's quite a small statue. It's obviously all depends on the Angle. perspective of the photographer, <laughs> you know. That's so, interesting. Uh,
1: <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of perspective, we uh, come on to our second song now. Yes, and already Denny and Paul are showing off their knowledge of slightly deeper cuts that we'll see throughout this album of the Buddy Holly back catalogue. Yeah, yeah. This is Moon Dreams. first recorded by holly's manager norman petty as part of the norman petty trio before holly re-recorded it himself in a session on 21st of october 58 the song was never released whilst he was alive unfortunately and was first issued on the buddy holly story volume 2 as well as the single issue of true love way which came out on the 29th of june 1960 and then which actually got to 25 in the uk charts which explains why denny and paul might know about it Andy, you already know how biased I am with at least side one of this album. So, what are your thoughts on Moon Dreams? Take the floor.
2: Okay. Well,
1: look,
2: looking at or listening to it rather, I should say, this is probably the first proper Wings version, like Wings band version of it, because they're all three of them are there: Denny, Paul, and Linda, which which is effectively a, a Wings recording. Then, and they're all singing on the lead vocal bits and backing vocal bits. Again, it's got the drum machine, but um, I think it's got better backing. The the instruments sound more interested, um, interesting, I should say, Mm. compared to the to heartbeat, the first one. So it's almost it's already a step up from heartbeat. So I I like this one. And as we said earlier, it's got the strings that have been introduced Mm -hmm. to it. You know, and it was obviously a single as well. I
1: don't know why this was chosen as the single and not heartbeat. If I'm totally honest, but. Perhaps it's because... Well, it was the
2: B-side. Heartbeat was the B-side of the ah, single. Makes sense, makes sense.
1: I I, I actually didn't even find out that there was a single in any of my research for this episode at all. This Ah. is how how scant information there is on this. I really enjoyed this one, though. Um, Again, I'm very non-objective, non-partisan, a bit hacky here. But um, I don't know, there was was a... I know I'm going to like compare this to a lot of McCartney albums on this episode but there was a, a, a kind of wildlife sort of vibe to this one yeah, yeah. maybe because it is the most wingsy one and actually get the orchestra in there but it's a it's still a delightfully shambolic production you know like <laughs> they've got this professional orchestra in but then they just have this slapdash probably did it in two takes cut that'll do next song and I and
2: what what a quick fade what a quick fade-out.
4: <laughs> Next song. <laughs> it.
2: But, uh, and, well, as there was a single, and you didn't know about the single, did you know there's a video for it?
1: What? Oh, is it on YouTube? I'm looking it up right now, folks. Yes, so.
2: yes, yes. And it's, it, uh, trust me, it's horrible. It, mm. it looks like it's one of these ring doorbells, and it looks like Denny's staggering up someone's path singing Moon Dreams and you can imagine the bloke going get off my get out my garden
1: oh yeah. no i found it oh no 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 oh it's, Allegedly, oh, it's it, so it, cheap the actual camera
2: work is by paul apparently
1: god well it's just the same quality as magical mystery tour uh, oh, oh my god this is this is something else it, it, it I mean, Denny must have been like, "Ah, oh, you know, Paul's going to spend a bit of cash on this video for me." <laughs> yeah, Denny, we're just going to have one, one single shot where you walk through a gate, you sit down. <laughs> there, there's a bit of fake snow, and then you walk back <laughs> out the gate again. Get off there my land! <laughs> oh, here we go. I think, I think this is, uh, is remastered re- re- in, in high definition, twenty four bit. It says on the on the video there. So yeah, right. <laughs> right. We found out the bit rate there, folks. That mystery's been been solved. <laughs> My God, what a – this is the second – because John Heaton did, uh, did this as well because um, he, uh, he, he pointed out a Ringo Starr music video that I had to watch when I was talking to him. I can't remember which one it was, but it was equally terrible. He had like a big pink flower, and he yeah. like, walked out on stage. I think it was for uh, – possibly for something from Buku of Blues or something. But Oh, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, hold on to your hats, because not only is there a video for the A side of the single – there's a video for the B-side as well.
1: Oh, is it equally terrible? Oh, my God. I, I don't want to watch it live. I'm too disappointed go already. Go um, on. No,
2: you'll love this one. It's in colour. Hang <laughs> on. I, I kept these back because I knew it would throw you in a tears. Yeah, the, the heartbeat video, unfortunately, someone has slapped like a watermark across it, as if anyone's going to want to rip this video <laughs> off, i <I'll> tell you. <laughs> I mean, it's not the best quality anyway, but at least it's in colour. And... I mean, I can describe it to you if you can't find it. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the one for Moon Dreams just made me laugh. It's like, as I said, it's like watching something on a ring video, ring doorbell <laughs> video of someone coming through your gate. And
1: I thought you meant like it was like that, that Japanese movie, The Ring, and just Danny Lane crawls out your TV no, and s- steals no, your no. soul. It's,
2: it's, it's like the ring doorbell. <laughs> <Here> we, <laughs> the videos so that you get on a ring doorbell where someone's coming up your path. <laughs> <laughs>
1: here we go Denny Lane heartbeat oh god here we go folks this is live Paul or nothing content here oh no oh no no oh dear here we go I just saw the thumbnail oh, yeah. oh so there's there's big play cards and and there's a heartbeat literally taking place on screen and it's it's just Denny Lane standing in front of some tinfoil that someone's shaking behind him this is so cheap Oh, my! Oh, and now there's a big card, and now he's walking. This isn't Casino Royale. What is this? Oh, oh no, he's dancing! Andrew, he's dancing! Oh, God. Oh, no. Is there f- snow falling down again as well?
2: What oh, f- it might be. It might be left over from the first one. Who oh,
1: knows. my God. He's d- he's never looked interested in a single music video, has he? Like, even in, like, the Helen Wheels video, like, he's a third of the band now. He just looks like he wants to go home. It's like, come on, Denny, have a... Like, you can't be that aloof. You're in Wings. Oh, my God. Ser- seriously, folks, this is the worst music video I've ever seen in my, in Check my them entire out. life. Check oh them out. God. No, don't, don't. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh my heavens. Um, just so, to- they'll definitely be in
2: the archive remastered. Can you imagine that on the Blu-ray?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then there's, like, commentary from Denny, where it's just him having to get blind drunk to even bother to look at it. like a. Had- you know, I hadn't even had a cup of Bovril that day, you know.
2: <laughs> and at, right at the end of the video, I don't know if you got to the end of the video, but he's like, walking through the playing cards, and then his face appears in the cutout of one of the playing cards. It's a heart playing <laughs> card. So obviously his face then appears in the middle of the heart, and that's
4: the end, <laughs> that's the end of the video.
1: It's like, a, it's like a Looney Tunes, that's all, folks. Da, 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 da. What what a shambles. What an absolute shambles.
2: I thought you'd enjoy those, Sam.
1: At least he's better at doing a Buddy Holly impression, you know. Do you agree with that assessment that his vocals on this album is him doing an impression, or is it just that coincidentally Denny Lane's voice suits I Buddy Holly's songs?
2: I, I think that's his voice, su- suiting the Buddy Holly style. Hmm. I really do. I don't think he was
1: putting it on. And it's nice because on a couple of these songs, you do just get Denny on his own, like you say, which is... So rare in the Wings camp. yeah. Pressing fourth onto track three now We have Rave On
3: Little things you say and do
1: ah. Ah. Little
3: things you say and do Make me want to be with you Rave on, it's a crazy feeling And I know it's got me really When you say I love you Rave on to me the way you dance and hold me tight, the way you kiss and say goodnight, rave on, It's a crazy feeling, and I know it's got me reeling when you say I love you. Rave on to me. Rave on. It's a crazy feeling, and I know it's got me reeling. I'm so glad that You're revealing your love for me.
1: Rave. As you'd expect, this is not written by Buddy Holly, but the trio of Sonny West, Bill uh, Tillman, Tymon and Norman Petty in 58. It was first recorded for Atlantic Records, which released his version on February, in February of 58. Holly would record the song later the same year and his version became a moderate hit, one of his six charting records in 58. The German pressing of said single, though, also had a cover of Little Richard's Ready Teddy, which I also just discussed with Anthony Rattuno on our rock and roll episode. Andy, the phrasing of the noun to rave has changed slightly over the last 40 years. Mm. I I can tell you're a massive raver, so that must mean you love this song, right? (laughs) Do you know what? This is my favourite song on the album. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? Anything with a stutter? I mean, folks... I spend so many hours removing any trace of my stutter from this podcast, but my generation, I just love it because it's got a stutter in it, you know. And the same thing. There face. you
2: go. Yeah, it's, it's as I say, it not it's, well. It starts off a cappella, doesn't it? Just the three of them.
1: They should have kept it that way. I All would the have way loved through. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, the, the, there is a rush when the when the instrumentation does come in, and you've got that kind of <laughs> my carnival party party kind yeah, of yeah yeah madness, yeah madness, but. Oh, you get some of that classic clapping percussion, which I'm always a sucker for. And yeah,
2: I've got hand claps written down on my notes. How are <laughs> that?
1: <It's>, uh, <laughs> no, no one claps their hands anymore, and no one goes doo wa anymore. Like, come no, on, we need to bring that no. back.
2: But um, when you're listening to them singing a cappella, there is obviously guitar being played because you can hear the, 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 the sort of the bleed out from the headphones that they're wearing. Hmm. So that there must be. They must have recorded guitars to go with it, and then they thought, "Hang on a minute, we'll scrap that. We'll just do
1: a cappella." Yeah, hang on, just a, maybe we'll just remove all of the guitar bit for the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I and get then, that. And then
2: the instruments are slowly introduced.
1: <laughs> bum, mid, bum, and when it all comes together at the end, it is it is quite magical. But yeah, it is my favourite on the whole album. Obviously, Jimmy and Joe are in the picture at this point, but never in a million years did I think I was going to get two verses and a chorus from the Core Wings vocal trio harmony in 1976. Yeah. It's it's that band-on-the-run majesty distilled to hit the exact same spot. It, you know, it doesn't hit it as hard, but still a, a gentle caress, you know? it It, mm. it really is nice, and... Just like the acting performances of Bill Nye in Shaun of the Dead or Brian Cranston in the in the Godzilla remake, the ultimate compliment I can bestow upon this cover of Ravon is that I just want more of it. I just want more of it. It's like <laughs> a minute 40-something? Yeah, like, no, it's ridiculously short. No, give us another three short. verses, come on.
2: Yeah, but uh, no, it is my favourite. And uh, obviously, McCartney is a, H- a Holly fan as well, because he, every year... He used to run a Buddy Holly like gig, certainly throughout the 80s, and it was run by MPL. And he would have famous musicians up on stage with him doing Buddy Holly stuff, and you could buy tickets to it, you could go to it, and I, I went to a few of them. And they were called, it was called like rave on one year, and you know it'd be the you know Buddy Holly this or whatever, and they were great. They were literally, I can remember one being at um, the Shepherd's Bush Theatre, which was where they used to film Wogan, and uh, it was. Paul on stage, and I've got I've got some photos somewhere of it with Bobby V, and they, and Paul's not even got a guitar; he's just singing into a microphone, and the whole band behind him, and wow. probably doing rave on.
1: Oh. again, just more stories that make me think, God, why I was born too late? I really was. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: yeah, every every year there was a Buddy Holly Week run by Paul.
1: I was reading some some people's comments for this album on forums, Facebook, and YouTube and stuff, and I think someone got confused because they said, "Oh, one of those Buddy Holly evenings was the last time Keith Richard uh, Keith Moon was alive, but what, but wasn't it the premiere or something or a, a screening of the Buddy Holly story?" Oh,
2: now you're asking. I don't know yeah. the the history there. I'm Folks,
1: write in. Was it one of these Buddy Holly nights that Paul was throwing, or was it a the uh, premiere of the Buddy Holly story? Movie that uh, was Keith Boone's tragic final night. I'd be interested to know that, but I actually can't find anything that shows Paul was involved in in that film at all. The uh, the Gary Busey one where he's thirty three portraying a nineteen year old Buddy Holly. <laughs> Apparently, it's really good, but I just don't trust it. it you know, it's like saying yeah. a, a movie's good with Nicolas Cage, and I'm like, is it? You sure? <laughs> Next up, we have I'm going to love you too. Sullivan both members of the Crickets and Norman Petty himself you guessed it though there is some debate as to whether Holly actually composed this one himself but would people after someone's died totally change their stories for financial benefit never you know not not accusing anyone of anything just just i'm just i'm just saying ideas you know <laughs> it was recorded by Holly on the 12th of June 57 and released as a single on the 5th of Feb 58 uh, the song is on his self-titled second album released also that year, but the single uncharacteristically failed to break into the Billboard Top 100. Andy, I can already feel a tidal wave of positive reception to this song about to burst from the dam that is my mouth, so please, before I spill my guts all over this podcast, what's your hot take on this one.
2: Right. I think you probably like it more than I do.
1: (laughs) If you can resist that, then you are... A stony gargoyle. You, you come on. You you must have no heart, sir. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, my notes were very scant on this one. Obviously, Denny's vocal, and I couldn't pick pick out any other vocals in it. So I don't know if um, if Paul or Linda are in it. It could be one of these ones where it's just literally just Denny, hmm. and there's some sort of like carnival
1: organ thing playing. Yeah, there seems to be two distinct bits of keys on this. Like, you've got one that's clearly played by Linda, where it's just... Boop, 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 like, yeah, that's definitely Linda playing that one. Yeah. But then towards the end, like I've I've literally got circus-esque in my notes. So fucking yeah, yes. great minds think alike, mate. Uh, <laughs> but it's very breathy, squelchy, Moog synth keyboard. I don't know what yeah. it is, but it's... <laughs> and it reminded me of, um, like, you know, the synth pipe, thing from footprints on press to play yeah. it's, it's kind of got yes, that yes. that indefinable sound but uh maybe that's the drumming machine again i don't know it's it, it just it, i was
2: like listening to it and i'm like does that really go does that fit it's i don't know and then i've again, also made a <laughs> yeah. i've also made a note about the the bass and i again is it the the bill black stand-up bass or is it him harking back to his skiffle days, and it's a and it's a tea chest bass?
1: Oh, I was but, thinking, is it is it just an acoustic that he's just playing the the low strings mm. on? Because I know the Beatles did that on, what no, the Nurk Twins did it on "Ballad of John and Yoko." Mm. Mm. It's one of them. One of the Beatles yeah. songs
2: is is but it's, folks it's, writing. <laughs> yeah,
4: there's
2: another one. Answer it for us. Um, but uh, it it did just remind me of hearing you know the old sort of skiffle style tea chest base. Mm. so i wondered if they'd sort of concocted one of those up there
1: (laughs) you know what if i ever do a little movie based on the recording of holidays that will definitely be a scene you know then you know like in annie hall where they're where they're making lobster together it would have that kind of you know (laughs) oh you you silly moo kind of
2: or, or it could be Denny's been out collecting wood for the fire. Hey, look! I found this. It looks like a broom handle. And Paul going, "Oh, hang on a minute. We've got a tea chest over here." And
1: oh, this is oh, this is just like me, me, and John. Where's and the, the string? Yeah, <laughs> Linda, Linda, get us a string quick. <laughs> yeah, I really like this one, folks. Um, again, I'm trying not to repeat myself because this is the third fucking rock and roll covers album I've talked about in the last two weeks. So I'm. <laughs> I'm running out of adjectives and nouns, and I'm just like, especially with with this album, because it is just my vibe. I like the the, the, art to inhabit the world it creates. This is probably the most Ram-type song on the album. It's got that kind of bucolic ambiance that Paul is so good at creating, you know, songs like Country Dreamer, that kind of thing. Not a classic, Mm -hmm. but it would definitely be a part of my official Wings playlist to much people's shock. I, th- I think I think certain tracks. I mean, not the whole album.
2: <laughs> certain tracks would be on my playlist. Oh yeah. But I was just thinking generally. Do you think the overall production or, or the sound is very reminiscent to some of those um, outtakes, things like "Give Us a Cord Royal" and, and "Boil Crisis"?
1: Yeah. No, it does sound like something that was recorded during the Water Wings yeah. sessions. You know. But again, how much of that is just because they're not putting that kind of George Martin level of production into it.
2: Yeah, yeah. But if the they, song's they good, you
1: don't need good production. It, you don't, you can just bash it out like a like a punk band. Not like Boyle Crisis, but, <laughs> you
2: know yeah. I mean? Well, they, they could, I mean, it could be that, that they thought, you know, these are good songs and they'll stand up to no matter what, what we make them sound
1: like. Never mind the bollocks, <laughs> this is Buddy Holly. <laughs> if, if they'd have called it that, Oh my God! There's,
4: there's, your,
2: there's your title. He was yeah. asking, "What title should it have been?" <laughs> <laughs> never, never mind the beard. It's
1: it's never, never mind the mullet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just just looking at the rear of the the, <laughs> the front and the rear of the album cover, it couldn't be a yeah. more Paul or Linda image. It's a fucking horse. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I've always associated horses with Den- with Denny Lane. It's not. It's not a guitar, yeah. you know. Oh my god. And
2: it's it's funny how they've got the picture of the horse on the front cover.
1: But the, the picture <laughs> but of Denny Lane of on the Danny horse on the rear? The... <laughs> it's like, what? Is, is this an album by Mr. Ed or something, you know? <laughs> That's a reference for the older gen- generation. Oh.
2: Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Never a horse, of course.
1: <laughs> uh, <whatever it> is. <laughs> anyway, on to Fool's Paradise. first of many songs in today's list that doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry, so you know it's getting obscure. Yeah. Yeah. But this song's inclusion is again showing what nerdy superfans Paul and Denny must have been. I mean, wow. Fool's Paradise also sounds like an apt description of Denny Lane's position in Wings, but moving on. All I could find on this one was that it was the B-side to Think It Over, a single of Holly's that got to number 11 here in the UK. That was released 27th of May, 58. Right. Hmm. I don't think this song is either going to live up to "The Fool on the Hill" or "Paradise City," but do you think no. Denny and the gang still gave it a good old college try?
2: They gave it a try, didn't they? They gave it a try, and it's um, I, I think it's just Paul and, and Denny singing, isn't it? This one I, I
1: couldn't hear any Linda there. <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's it's very basic, isn't it? It's literally guitar and drums.
1: It's an no bass in it. I'll have
2: to listen to that. Again. I, I, I'll have to have a listen. I Cause, couldn't cause, distinguish any. I've,
1: I I can hear a bit of keys as well, just going <laughs> like those again. It's yeah. clear. It's clearly look, folks. Clearly, Linda. If this is your first episode of of the show, if Linda was on the record and the keyboards weren't rubbish, I wouldn't enjoy it and that's not snarky millennial sarcasm that's just the sound i happen to enjoy because i can i can't sing and i can't play keys so i can project myself onto literally yeah. i could be in a band with paul mccartney and just go ba and i'm in the band you know oh,
2: um, i love linda
1: i love linda you know when you go back and you listen to those interviews with young beatles fans particularly young girls what they say about Linda in, like, 68 and 69 and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you are such on the wrong side of history, girls. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and and there's obviously some very cruel jokes as well. And um, as you say, they're eating their words now.
1: So Yeah. But, you know, Linda is like many of Paul McCartney's songs. I wasn't that attracted to her at first, but after a familiarity a over, over a few <laughs> years, you know, I'm like, damn, god damn. Um, yeah. Yeah. I am worried that with this song I'm just going to annoy everyone uh, with my limitless positivity but I mean my listeners are probably going to think now that I died in a car crash and I've been replaced by a CIA clone of myself or something. Billy Shears. Uh, yeah. This is still the weakest song on Side One but it's you yeah. know, it's the worst of a crop of songs that I I do actually quite like. It's one of those contextual scales when you say, good morning, good morning, it's the worst song on Pepper but it's still better than 98% of all content that's ever existed anyway Mm. but like i thought i was going to come down really harshly on rock and roll and snarva v ccr as well and yet when i'm presented with simple little albums of naff rock and roll covers there's that critical you know dork in my brain that's normally you know ready to pounce on the kill he's like nah leave it man It's, it's it's all right it's fun
2: the thing is if you knew this if you didn't know that this was Paul and Wings this could have been recorded knocked up by any you know young band in the in the sixties, mm-hmm. because obviously that's their you know where they're drawing all their inspiration from. Oh, you it's know, entirely
1: contextual. I don't have like you know, I don't have an unconditional love for this album. Mm. It's it's very much conditional. It's the it's the thought that this
2: came out in the mid seventies. <laughs> it does make you wonder who who on earth were they aiming this at?
1: The Thrillington crowd, I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah oh no uh my god there's just so many you just want to sit paul down don't you and be like look i'll sign an nda but you've gotta you've gotta give me the juicy stuff here what what was what was going on paul with days? you know Uh, i mean
2: was this the sort of like the lead up to the sort of 78 wings where it's just the three of them doing london town
1: I mean, obviously, was you know, was this something that helped them realise that, yeah, again, we don't need Denny and Joe. Us three are pretty much the band.
4: Mm,
2: so yeah. I, I, I mean, Jimmy, obviously, well, if he'd have been on this album, I think it would have been a totally different album.
1: hundred oh, percent, yeah.
2: You know, but maybe he couldn't have done this. Maybe, he, you know, he wouldn't have enjoyed being on this.
1: Well, he probably didn't know Buddy Holly songs for his age, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah and then yeah. Joe English was probably busy reading up on the Bible and becoming a minister. Well,
2: yes, yes.
1: If you'd have told me that when I was starting this podcast, I'd be like, no, nah, that's, nah, that's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done many wrong things, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm paying for them now. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I must do something about them. You're right. Quickly, to sum up Thor's Paradise, though, I really like the acoustic guitar in this one. It had that very band-on-the-run, Campfire-esque quality, which I like. Mm. And the and the electric guitar has quite an enjoyable tone. It's got a distant kind of ethereal texture to it. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's it's almost like underwatery. Uh, again, didn't think I'd hear distorted uh, electric guitar on a Buddy Holly covers album, but Paul likes to keep us <laughs> on our on our toes. On to the final song of side one, and we have an instrumental in the form of "Lonesome Tears." <laughs> worth mentioning here that, that this was not an instrumental originally. This is a song with a full set of lyrics, but it was so obscure that it's pretty understandable for that the majority of you listening out there now and the audience in 1976 to not even be aware of that. I couldn't find much on this one either. The only official releases I can find are, it was a big side to It's So Easy for the US single, released in September 58. Uh, then that was flipped over, where this was the A side for the Australian release in 58. Uh, lonesome Tears being the A side, and then for the German release in '59, it was the B side to It doesn't matter anymore. Andy, I imagine that during lockdown, the majority of listeners will have shed some lonesome tears of their own. So, oh, do, do you have any a- anything to dry their tears, or is this another sob story? No, no, I, I like this. It's a nice and instrumental. It makes a
2: change. You know, it's for, you've had you know, five five tracks before with with vocals, and so this is as you say no no lyrics sung on it although there are lyrics, I, I do know the the tune but um yeah I, I i quite like this it's um it's just it's just literally guitar bass and drums and it's it's nice i like it should have been should have been a b-side maybe
1: definitely you, you know in, in the way that chobber had you know oh let's put two of these songs on once upon a long ago or on my brave mm. face or something if maxi singles were much of a thing in the mid 70s like you could totally see, "Beware My Love" and the whatever the B side was for that being the A side, and then on the B side you got two Denny Lane little little covers, and he can actually make some money, you know. <laughs> but the real thing to take away from this, folks, is this would not be a minor Paul McCartney album without some bare bones instrumentals to clog up, <laughs> and, you know, the album with some <laughs> filler. Uh, this isn't the only one we're gonna get either. Makes you wonder, did they actually know the words? Well, I think it's actually quite brave to do it this way. It reminds me of sing-along junk in a a way. Like, maybe they thought people would know the words in 76, and that, you know, they can just sing along to this bit. Yeah, create your own. (laughs) There's fab (laughs) guitar work. It's a shame there aren't more standout guitar moments for Denny in the Wings catalogue. This song's a testament to that. Though, out of the two instrumentals, I would say this is the weaker sibling. Mm. Yes. And the drumming machine is very obvious in this oh, one. Yeah. Like it's almost like "Good Night Tonight" with that kind of. It's like oh god, it's like a ooh ooh yeah. It's very unpleasant indeed. Yeah. Now, you never hear the, like the idea of Denny Lane being underrated as a guitarist on forums or on Facebook or anything like that. But have you read the album liner notes as to Denny Lane's instrumental contributions to this album? Because it's quite offensive, folks. Um, just, I have the, a, the album
2: a, in front of me. Let me have a read.
1: <laughs> on the four-track recorder, Paul laid down the basic tracks, overdubbing them each, uh, overdubbing each instrument himself. <laughs> Denny and Linda added a few licks, and all three joined in on the vocals. Right. Let's just break. Let's just break, folks. Let's just break this down. This is on the back of Denny's album. This is a Denny Lane album. Denny but added she a few appears licks. On the cover. <laughs> that's not the kindest word to write about your rhythm sometimes lead guitarist, is it? Mm. It's like when Paul had just worked with Elvis Costello and then the opening of his documentary goes, yeah, well, there's no better than working with John Lennon, is there? It's like, Paul, like, (laughs) people have emotions, you robots. Oh, my God. But it's it's not that. It's not just Denny added a few licks. Denny and Linda added a few licks. Now, when you put two people in a comparative sentence, there's an implication, Andrew that you are putting <laughs> Denny and Linda on the same musical skill set level, a bit of a dig, if you ask me.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, it's Smacker's baby.
1: On top of that though, I, it's my album. I did the hard work. I did the backing tracks, the drums, the bass, all of that,
2: you know. Yeah. Go on in, I'll let you have a sing song. Go on, go on, you, go on Denny.
1: You know, when John's like, we were a, we were a guest in our own movie, you, you know, with help, like that's Denny yeah. here. He's a guest on his <laughs> own album. It's, it's it's it. It's shocking. It really is. Like the Denny Lane story in Wings, it's like a tragic comedy, isn't it? It's like well, oh, that's, blah, what, every time. There's
2: a biopic to be made, isn't there? The Denny Lane story.
1: Wrong lane. <laughs> Cycle lane. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My God. It has to be a bun. It has. It has to be a bun. Flipping over to side two now, Andy, and of course. This would not be a true Paul McCartney production without the inclusion of a medley of some sort, and that's what we get in the form of It's So Easy. Listen to me. easy. If you remember our last song was a 58 uh, A-side single for the US that was backed by Lonesome Tears, written by Buddy Holly and Norman Petty, but was technically released by The Crickets and failed to chart. Uh, Listen To Me is another one of like more obscure tracks, written by Holly and Petty again. Here in the UK it was released as a single in 58, and the A-side was I'm Gonna Love You Too, another song on this album. The, in the US, though, it was the B-side to Peggy Sue. So, which also included two other songs on it, like it—it it was like an EP, but a big single. I, I couldn't—I couldn't quite tell what it was because that also had "Everyday" and "I'm Gonna Love You 2 on it. Like Discogs just shows so much Buddy Holly content that was sent worldwide, and none of it's the same. It's very hard to track. Um, mm. Anyway, Andy, whilst it has not been so easy for there, you know, for you to sit there listening to me, you can now find some solace in that it's your turn to speak about. It's So Easy, and Listen To Me. Is okay. this the best Macca medley since Abbey Road? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I have written one word next to the title of this. Charming. Oh. I, I think this song is charming. I, I mean, it's obviously a classic Buddy Holly song anyway. It's so easy. But yeah, I, I, this is probably my second favourite on the album. And also,
1: it was, it was a single as well from did, the album did this have a music video that you're about to drop on me as well no
2: unfortunately not there's only those two videos but this <laughs> was a single as well That's i don't funny. know what was on the b side I, I i haven't i don't actually own that one i've got moon dreams but i don't actually have a um, copy of it so easy
1: i'm sure i'll find it on Discogs later don't you worry mm-hmm. um, again folks hate to repeat myself i just love the aura of this one it's so fun those backing vocals it's so easy it's so we-. it's just so immediately catchy in that goofy silly way it's not meant to be taken seriously folks and if and if you are you're doing yourself a dis- a disservice so if you can just turn off your critical factors and just get into it Was the, the whole groove?
2: album meant to be taken seriously no, i don't think so
1: no, i def- don't think def- so at all definitely not i like the idea that paul's fusing two songs together a bit like how lennon did with rip it up and ready teddy mm. I mean the album's short enough anyway so he could have done two two full songs but I've got to be honest and I don't know how much of a fool I'm going to look here I didn't know until I looked at the back of the album that this is meant to be just one song like I guess like by this time of the album I've I'm kind of switching off and doing writing or other things and yeah. the transition between the two songs is so well done that I yes. thought that listen to me was like the middle eighth or the bridge in it's so easy <laughs> yeah I mean, like, you do have the like extended fade-out coda, which I thought yes. was It's So Easy. But then I listened to it again. I was like, no, no, this, this appears twice. They do they do go back and forth. And it, for what it is, it's really well done.
2: It is, yeah. I mean, I've made a note of the ending as well, how how it's it's well done. I've put well done ending, synth and drums and bass.
1: You know what? And, if this uh, was homework, we'll, we'll just say, we'll put a big stamp on it, well done.
2: Well done. Very good.
1: See me after class, Denny. (laughs) (laughs) Right, now that we've just spoken about Listen to Me, we we have a song called Look At Me. Being barked at us from beyond the grave by Buddy Holly. According to Wiki and Discogs, this song only saw release on the self titled Buddy Holly album. Seeing how it doesn't have any specific info, it could have been recorded any time between the 8th of April 57 and the 26th of January 58. It was written by Buddy Holly himself and, no prizes for guessing this one, Norman Petty. So, Andy, this is going to be a tricky one. Do you prefer Denny Lane's cover of Look At Me or the original (laughs) composition from the Plastic Ono Band album by John Lennon called Look At Me?
2: Uh, uh, Denny. (laughs) Got to be Denny. Denny all the time. I've got – I really like this song. I've I've put love next to this um, song. And I think it's because it's got quite a funky guitar to it. I don't Mm. know if you you noticed it, but it's got quite a funky guitar guitar to it and Macca's vocals quite distant mm. with with Denny up front so you know it, it's it sort of really is Paul backing Denny but um yeah for me it was the guitar the
1: funky guitar and there's a cool little like breakdown towards the end which is down out down out yeah down out
2: down and down out. fade to breakdown there you go
1: and it's a, another one of these guitar moments that I as someone who cannot play guitar thinks is really cool and probably like really technical and then I'll show it to one of my guitar friends, and then he'll just look at me and just play it as he's like going, I don't know, he's just doing that, Sam, he's just doing that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Although the other night, I did get my bassist friend to try and play along to silly love songs, and he threw his bass on the sofa in annoyance. He's like, this, wow. is, this is ridiculous. He doesn't play the, the same notes twice. And I'm like, yeah, that's poor baby. <laughs> he didn't learn to play, he just plays it, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: like it. I like this song. It's probably the closest to sounding fine on on this album that I found, you know, a bit more of the uh, generic holiday sound. And I think it's because it is sandwiched between Take take Your Time and It's So Easy, Listen To Me. It's almost like a a transitional song on the album Mm. that that, that almost all blended together into one big medley, but not a proper one. You you know, like the supposed back to the egg medley that isn't a medley, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Although I did uh, hear the words Words of Love mentioned in this one, another Buddy Holly song. The Beatles did yeah. that one, of course. Of yeah, yeah. It's a nice little reference there. There's also a funny Go bit on. where Denny does this 50s crooner Elvis Sinatra thing where it's like, <laughs> what are you going to do after you've broken so many hearts? And I was like, oh, God, who is this? The ink spots. Like, ooh. It, is, it isn't Denny's star, and it felt very out of place, if I'm honest. Mm. Very yeah.
2: strange indeed. I was going to say, I mean... It is the vocal is all Denny, and, um, and then that was that was nice. But as you say, the
1: yeah, all <laughs> sort of impersonation, you know, yeah, very strange. Um, um, we're going to come on to a song now, folks, that I'm so excited to talk about because I know Andy's going to have some strong words to say about it either way. Our penultimate track is called "Take Your Time." And once again, we're going to eschew something like Peggy Sue for a song that I can't find any information about and I've never heard before in my life. Although it was the B-side for Rave On. So without any exact info, I'm going to take a wild stab and say it was recorded in 1958. Yeah, I'm, good guess. I'm probably <laughs> right. Um, Andy, I can tell you're expecting me to phrase this question to include a pun about taking your time. Well... Mm. We don't always take the low-hanging fruit here on Paul or nothing. For your, <laughs> for your information, so I'm just going to ask for your general opinion on this Buddy Holly cover, if you please.
2: Okay, it's good. I like it. it <laughs> it's different. It's it, it's got the, the Well, I'm sure you're going to come onto it. The chipmunk style ending.
1: <laughs> I love it so much.
2: <laughs> I do, I do. And do you know what? I loved it so much that I'm like, what are they saying? What are they saying? So I recorded it no. and slowed it down. No, what, what so did I they could say? they are literally just saying take your time hey take your time take your time take your time and they're just saying it in different styles it's a bit like you know my name look up my number you know the sort of silly voices that they do on that and then they've just sped it up but yeah it is just take your time hey you take your time but I thought I've got to find out what they say I couldn't decipher the bit in the middle of the song no matter how much i slowed it down i just could not make out what paul is dead
1: it. miss him miss him yeah <laughs>
2: this isn't denny Oh my
1: god! every day denny got a little bit older and a little bit slower <laughs> i'll send
2: i'll send you the the file that i recorded if you like so you can have a listen.
1: the denny lane mystery oh my god there's gonna be a conspiracy <laughs> about 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 this this is one of those songs, I mentioned this when I was talking about listening to What The Man Said the, the, the other day, it's one of those songs that I forgets on the album until I listen to it. I'm like, oh, it's this one, I, lo- I love this one. Yeah, yeah. And it's got an entire Wings album's worth of terrible, goofy, corny ideas that, for me as a sadomasochist of music, I am really drawn to. I'm not being a hipster contrarian here, the chipmunk vocals are delightful, like... <laughs> If you've gotten to this point on holidays Days and you're still trying to take the album seriously, you're not meeting it halfway at all. Like, mm. it's it's camp naffness at its best. And I was like, of course, two stoners smoking low THC levels of 70s weed found this funny, along with... Of course, Paul would wait into one of Denny's albums to pull something as strange as this off. It's like, you know, it's not on one of my albums, you know. Yeah. If you don't end my love with... <laughs> you
2: know oh, I I was I was going to say if you've if you've not got this far through the album you're missing a treat <laughs> if you've sort of thought this is crap and turned it off after like track number 3 or 2 you're missing a treat on this on this on this song it is good it's really good
1: you need to play a game like can i sink 4 cans before holiday's is over because it's the only way I'm getting I'm getting through it you know <laughs> going back to the human vocals on this one for a moment um mm-hmm. It's another solo Danny Den- Lane vocal that I really enjoyed. Yes. To be gifted yeah. with the exact same voice you're about to hear on Go Now, Richard Corey, Time to Hide. It's just great. It's so nostalgic for me.
2: Yeah. It's uh, As I said at the start, his vocal throughout this whole album is good. It is good. And I, I wonder, I'm going to have to get on our lane now to find out is that as good.
1: Oh, <laughs> you don't want to meet your heroes, though. Sometimes, Andy, do you? It's like oh, I
2: have, you? unfortunately,
1: <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I ever met Paul, I'd blow it. I just, I just <laughs> would. Hey, Paul, have, Paul, have you got any weed? Yeah, I mean no, I mean no. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> there we
2: go. Yeah, it's... I don't know if you've seen it. There's a great news broadcast where they've got arrested. They got busted up in Scotland for um, possession of, of cannabis. And he comes out of court and he says, some fan just sent me these seeds. And I just planted them to see what
1: comes up. No, my favourite one is when he's arrested uh, and he's come back from Japan. And he stood there. He stood there like Jimmy Hoffa with like all these journalists. It's no worse than cigarettes yeah. or a whiskey and then he goes, or glue. And I'm like, Paul, don't associate weed with glue. Don't put them in the same <laughs> sentence because the Conservatives are going mad just at the thought of you. Yeah,
2: I can remember saying that on the news. It's
1: funny. He's, he has not mentioned it since then, though. Like someone at NPL has gone, look, Paul, we know you like the old Rastafarian cigarettes, but <laughs> you can't talk about it because it's really bad for our stock shares. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it becomes legalised in England and Paul doesn't own a business in London, he's throwing money away, he is. (laughs) Anyway, on to our final song of the day. And we're we're doing really well for time, actually. Uh, on, On to our final song of the day. by now folks this wasn't fucking written by Buddy Holly and it wasn't a hit (laughs) Um, it was performed by the Crickets and it was on their self-titled 57 album oh no it was written it was written by Holly and Petty as per the usual Uh, this was recorded anywhere between the 25th of Feb to the 28th of September in 57 again who knows this was a B-side to a certain single though that Beatle fans should be more than familiar with yes everyone this was the B-side to that'll be the day at least in the US anyway right Andy, it's almost over. You won't have to listen to this album ever again. In Not next- for another 10 years. Not for another 10 years. Once <laughs> more into the breach, old bean. Okay. Uh, does Holidays have a better closing song than Venus and Mars? No. Oh, no, what do you mean no? This is this is, this is is better than Crossroads, come on. No,
2: no, well, do you, you're too young to remember the TV show.
1: I watched Crossroads I used to- at my nan's when they rebooted it. All right.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, I can remember being at mylands when in the seventies when Crossroads was on, and I would eagerly wait to see if the re- ending music had been done by Paul McCartney Wings because normally it said Tony Hatch, who, was, who'd, who wrote it, and then every so often it would come up, you know, um, title Paul McCartney and Wings,
1: yes. I hate that song so much. It ruins you really? perf- it ruins a perfect album. It should be Lunchbox Odd Socks every time. Mm. Dun, think- dun, bum, ba, dun, ba, da, it would have been such a better end to that album, but instead it. It's a joke It wasn't funny then, Andy, and it's not funny now. Like, it should be the Coronation Street theme if he wanted longevity, you know?
4: <laughs> It'd be like Uncle Albert,
2: you know? Uh, which Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey, featured in Fools and Horses?
1: Yeah, but not on the version yeah. you can get on DVD. Uh, it's oh, been, really? It, it's been edited out, yeah. You have to have the like, original video release or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's when, when Uncle Albert's wandering around the docks and he's gone missing, hasn't I
1: it? I believe it's uh, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Uncle is the episode in question. Really? Three. Wow! Well, oh no, no, you know, don't don't fuck with me on only falls and horses. I know more than everyone on earth. <laughs> so basically, when we went on our holidays to Spain, we would take the Skybox with us, our DVD collections, <laughs> PlayStation. I I once took my Wii and Beatles Rock Band, like because we went for months. My parents wouldn't go on holiday at all for the whole year. They would work right. for eleven months straight and then have a month off in Spain. Oh, can we go to a water park or the beach? No, we're just staying in the house for a month. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. We might go to the bar once, every once in a while. Uh, And my dad would basically bring maybe two movies that my mom wanted to watch and then the entire collection of Only Fools and Horses. And I could probably do word for word every episode. I I did a podcast on it for four episodes and I stopped it to do Paul or Nothing. And (laughs) anyway, back to I'm looking for somebody to love. Yeah. I quite like this groovy little number at the end here. I, Not little so instrumental. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's. I think the instrumentals are less offensive on a Denny Lane covers album than, say, on something like McCartney, when people were expecting an album of Every Night's and Maybe I'm Amazed. And, again, if you've gotten to this point in the album and you're annoyed that there's an instrumental, you know, this isn't the album for you. But mm. I think it's very brave and bold to do a cover of a famous song or famous ish song by a famous artist or any songs with vocals for that matter and choosing not to include vocals especially when you've got the wings core vocal harmony trio (laughs) um and you know maybe this is paul and denny not wanting to get bored maybe they don't want the audience to get bored or maybe they're trying to offer diehard buddy holly fans something they haven't heard before because at the end of the day paul and denny are meaner musicians than the crickets ever were And there's a bit of an update, like there's a slightly more modern rock, a slight more grit to the sound at the end of this one, but they don't ruin the theme or the concept of the album, you know, trying to record it as bare bones as possible. It's also nice to hear some Lane noodling, because, you know, you know he doesn't get to play like this on a Wings record. You know, Henry McCullough, eat your heart out, you jazz guitarist. (laughs) You know, he just gets to go... You know, it's not prim, it's not proper. But also, there's an authenticity here, because it's just Denny Lane being Denny Lane, not Denny Lane, the backing guitarist in Wings. And whilst he isn't trying to present it like Eruption by Van Halen, it's just, it's Mm. it's, it's one of the few occasions, Andy, I've noticed where if someone has fun in the studio, like, say, Red Rose it normally doesn't translate very well. But here, they're having fun. I'm yeah. having fun. Everyone's having a good time.
2: I've got my notes say funky bass. <laughs> <laughs> and it has got a funky funky bass tune to it. Got a nice slide slide guitar as
1: well at the end. Are you sure George Harrison isn't isn't on this album? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh,
2: maybe he's the horse on the front cover.
1: Pfft, he's know. the dark horse, it makes sense. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my word. <laughs> so not only is it not a picture of Denny Lane on the front cover, it's a picture of George Harrison as a horse. Like, what is going on here? Guys, I just, guys can I just be on the front cover of my album, please? No, Denny. No, you're, no. Not, you're not in control here. <laughs>
4: oh.
2: Although I suppose if they had reversed the, the, the pictures, it would have been him on the front cover on a horse, and then you turn it over, hang on, the horse has thrown him off.
1: <laughs> Or is it it meant to be the opposite, like Denny ran and just jumped on this horse? Like, it doesn't belong to the McCartneys, there's a very irate farmer just out of frame.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because he hasn't got a saddle on it, you (laughs) know.
1: Anyway, Andrew, this is the end. We've come to the end of Denny Lane's holly days. We've got to pack up now, we've got to go back to the airport and go through customs. A lot of customs now that we've left the EU. Yes, yes. This is more of of a formality at this point than anything, but what are your overall closing thoughts on holidays
2: an enjoyable album one i hadn't visited for a long 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 time and i'm pleased that i have because all joking aside i i, I really enjoyed it and i'll definitely be playing it again before the next 10 years are up. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it, I, it was it was it really enjoyable and i don't think i for me, it doesn't compare to the McGear album, as we said at the start. But the album is a total different different beast. This is literally the three of them up in Scotland having a laugh, you know, and just recording songs that they,
1: they like. I mean, which it, just Paul, had to so ha- Paul, Paul had McCartney to put album. effort into McGear there because he would have been in trouble with his dad if he hadn't. But mm. it's not like Denny Lane's mom's going to ring him up and go, oh, couldn't you have got George Martin on this one, Paul? You know. <laughs>
2: But it's interesting that there was only one track that was obvious with the overdubs and that's the obviously with the strings.
1: Yeah, what is with that? I'd love to ask Denny that. That'd be, that's, mm. That be that 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 that's one we do need to find out. Again folks, write in if you know anything about <laughs> that.
2: Well, and and also I I was trying to find I asked someone I know who's got all of the club sandwiches and I said, is there any articles in any of the club sandwiches talking about <laughs> the the holidays? No reference
1: no reference <laughs> wow <laughs> my god it's uh, <laughs> mm. so mm. again though if you upset Paul you were just wiped from history you know it's mm. it's not a coincidence that R. lane hasn't been topping the HMV charts in the last 10 years or anything you know they, they haven't been forgotten so much as buried I'd say
4: uh, yeah
2: I, I, I do know a, a friend of mine who He's friends with Denny's manager. If he's not Denny's manager himself, I'll have to ask him. And I wonder if he's ever coming to the UK. And if he does, I'll try and wrangle some tickets. If
1: Denny puts one foot on this soil, he's being arrested for tax evasion. Everyone knows <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> well, maybe when I go to the States next, <laughs> whenever <laughs> that will be.
1: Yeah. You know, be- Beetlefest 2027, 20, when we're allowed to go outside again, you know?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Would you but, call no, this? on the a, whole, I enjoy it.
1: Awesome. On the whole, would you call this a must-have purchase for a Wings fan, a Buddy Holly fan, or a Denny Lane fan?
2: I wouldn't worry if I was a, a Buddy Holly fan. Um, I've seen a few of the, the, the remarks online, and <laughs> Buddy would be turning in his grave and all of this sort of thing. As as a Denny fan, well, yeah, that's got to be up there because I, I can't imagine there'd be too many.
1: Denny it's, fans it's one of his like three Wings albums fans. of the seventies. You have to buy it, don't you? <laughs>
2: yeah that's right and um but as a wings fan it's a missing, it's a missing wings album at the end of the day
4: mm-hmm.
2: it is a wings album it's not up there with you know london town and <laughs> and the others back yeah back to the egg and, and stuff, but it is them, and you can hear it's them, and in places it's really enjoyable apart from the videos but
1: again. I'm not going to make an argument that this is like a technically proficient album or it's even a particularly outstanding covers album. But for what it is, you know, in the short amount of time that I have known it, it, it's already wormed its way into my life as one of those albums I just love to have on in the background when I'm doing something else like Thrillington or Wide Prairie or even something like Cold Cuts. It has a certain je ne sais quoi whereby it's both light and fleeting enough for me not to have to dedicate my full attention to it. But... Yeah. It's not so much that it's something that I don't enjoy in the moments when I kind of stop and I'm, I do start listening to it for like thirty seconds. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do actually quite like this world. And um, I was worried that you weren't going to be listening to, to it over the next decade because I certainly was going to be doing it for the both of us. Yeah, but, uh, definitely,
2: definitely. I do. It does make me wonder. One, one last thought of mine: what our American friends think of holidays? Because to them, holidays is when they say happy holidays. It's it's the winter time. It's Christmas. And obviously they go on vacation rather than we go on holiday.
1: It should have been called, so, like, Lanecation or something in America. Yeah. Right? So they're
2: looking at this album going holidays. Well, there's no Christmas stuff on
1: this, you know. <sighs> the Denny Lane holiday special. Oh, God. <laughs> Lots of fake <laughs> snow. There with the Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe that's what the snow in the videos is about. It's like, we've got to sell this in the States to the Yanks as well. Here there right.
2: you go. There you go. Oh. Happy holidays my gosh.
1: Yeah, and we probably should have recorded this a couple of months ago so we could have released it over the holidays and had a third-level pun, but you can't have everything. No, Uh, no. Right, Andrew, where can people find your stuff online? Where can they find it? Uh,
2: Well, I've got a YouTube channel, and if you just look for Fan of Wings, all one word, you'll find all my ramblings on there. I'm currently in the middle of sort of looking at um, the archive collections, what can we expect? So I've just done a back-to-the-egg. And I've just done a press to play. What can we expect in these archives whenever there is that they come out? So uh, that's that's where I am at the moment. Um, on have, only on YouTube. So. Have,
1: you, have you got a London Town one in the works then?
2: Possibly. I'm I'm a bit gutted because I did actually have a press kit for London Town, and I sold it many what? years ago. What you don't? <laughs> yes. No. Oh no, oh. don't. John Heaton hasn't hasn't forgive me because i promised it to him oh, if ever i'm gonna
1: die andrew and uh, my, my dad told me once that he had a hammond organ that he had to sell and yes. and he like said like he, he used to wake up in the night in a, in a cold sweat thinking about that hammond organ i'm like <laughs> and there was also a dali an original dali that he found at some dealer and the dealer was going to sell it in cheap and I'm like, no, no, Dad, don't worry. That was clearly a fake. That he was trying to con you into buying. Don't <laughs> uh, a Hammond organ's a real fucking Hammond organ, not
4: yeah,
2: not,
1: not some knockoff.
2: But from... uh, so that's where I am anyway. I'm, I'm on YouTube, fan of Wings
1: all one word. Folks, go and go go and check out Andy's stuff because it always brightens my day to see some well-researched Wings content. Like half of the stuff that you mentioned for the back to the egg stuff, and like I was like, oh, didn't even know that existed. So. <laughs> Can't wait to see that one, and uh, just like uh, just like Andy Dixon, just like John Heaton, he's also got a, a vinyl collection that makes me green with envy and seething with anger. Whenever when <laughs> you'll when see I've it one it. day,
2: Sam, when you come and visit.
1: Yeah, and then I'll I'll probably nick your back to the egg press kit. You know?
2: <laughs> no, no, you'll be you will be you have to go through electronic scanner on on the way out.
1: And <laughs> oh, speaking of John Heaton, by the way, you're also doing a collab with him soon as well.
2: Yes, um, we're we're gonna have a, a chat. Uh, on video, we, we're attempting to do a video um on Zoom because uh, of the lockdown, and, and obviously he's in Budapest and, and in London, so it's a, an intercontinental uh, video cast. And we're going to be looking at the reason why the Beatles broke up.
1: Oh, because because of Yoko! Oh no, shut up! Well, oh well, gosh, shut up!
2: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah
1: now uh the the real reason is because ringer was becoming too successful a movie star no one talks about it no one ever talks about it you know. right everyone that was another episode of paul i think i've been kindly joined by a friend of the show andy to discuss denny lane's Holidays slash wings Holidays. thank you for, thank you for listening our next episode i'm not actually sure when this is coming out. actually we've got quite a few of there's quite a bit of backlog actually so We'll have to see what's coming out in the future. Keep your ear to the ground for more Paul or Nothing stuff. As always, drop us an email at gmail.com. Hit us up on the Twitter at McCartneyPod. Find us on the socials. Please leave a review and consider throwing a couple of dollars a month at my face down the internet through our Patreon. Everyone, more importantly, though, stay safe. Keep listening to Paul. Peace and love, peace and love. No autographs. Hari Harry, Krishna. play us out again.